0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Counter-Strike players, fans, everybody, worldwide, welcome to another episode. I forget which number we're up to. I think it's probably 16. Lucas says it's 15. Um, And today we're doing a bit of a game-changer special now. Uh, lots of things have been going on in the Counter-Strike world. There's lots of news. We're not going to be delving into too much of that. If there's some leftover time and play time, we'll ask London some questions. We'll maybe dive into all those recent changes with rosters and all that kind of shit that's been going on. That's the first curse word. Um, so keep counting. But Lucas, say hello to everybody. Hello, guys. Okay, so we kind of wheel Lucas out. He's like our special kid. We bring him out to play with everybody and we show him off. And everybody gets to say hi to Lucas and then we put him back in the cage. So Lucas is now back in the cage. Now Prof... What is the most recent
1: piece of fruit that you've ever ever eaten that you've eaten? Yeah, never eat. I've yeah. never eaten fruit, so I don't know what you're talking about. I actually did like a smoothie last night, okay. just like a banana, frozen wild berries shit. So I guess that counts. That counts. It was, it was pretty nice. Like I, I was feeling pretty shit yesterday just for being in the house for like a million days. And then I did a smoothie and that's like, wow, I'm so healthy now. All right, Life is so good. This is the freshness I needed. Frozen stuff and bananas from I don't know a country and thousand miles away. That that lifted me up.
0: All right. Well, that's good. Now, striker, I want to know if you have any candles. Um, I brought my candle. I've even uh, I've even lit the candle. Do you have candles in your house now that you live alone?
2: I actually have one that stayed here from the previous from the owner. Okay. I also uh, have
1: that from the previous owner.
0: I, I would I recommend I would recommend buying candles. Um, they look nice. They smell nice. I hate nice. the scent.
2: The you can like, pick the scent you can pick get whatever scent. you want Even if it doesn't you get matter a fudge if candle if you like fudge. whatever it is like if, if it is a, a sweet one or whatever like a pretty it's just it's horrible to me I'm i can't gonna, do scented candles at all i'm gonna buy Meet you a
1: candle Milan, here, in a right.
0: we're gonna get him some candles all right uh and he, now he's of the course, guy who
3: gets uh cigarette flavored vapes uh <laughs>
2: Well, I, haven't, I haven't vaped him for like two years, but okay.
0: You guys have, have heard him, and you can see him as well. This is our special guest. I don't know if you guys uh, are too familiar with this man. He watches some demos, apparently, I've heard. Launders, uh, we brought you on the show today to promote some things. Do you want to promote some stuff? I heard you have uh, a car deal coming through.
3: Oh, yeah. Is that for me? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All you have to do is subscribe to YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, and I'll win a car. So go ahead and, and, and hit that sub button.
0: Where can they find that?
3: Uh, YouTube.com slash csboxer.
0: Okay. C-S-B-O-X-R. So, uh, there we go. We got, we got it out of the way. Now, people say you have a line. What is the line that you say?
3: What's popular? YouTube? Another
0: day, another demo. Okay. And you're saying demo like Pronax?
3: I don't know why, actually, I say it like that. It's one day I just said it like that naturally. And then ever since I've actually tried to change, people have been very uncomfortable at that idea. So they've asked me to say it incorrectly from then on.
0: Okay, now uh, that's almost perfect because for those people who are maybe just joining us, they don't understand, uh, we're doing a Game Changer special and we've done a couple of these in the past where we've looked at like different formats of tournaments, Uh, we've had like talking about different rules of how we can shorten games. And you're just talking about people who don't like change. Well, that's the Counter-Strike world. We're well familiar with that. But we're going to be looking at the moment within the realms of online. Now, this is a pretty hot topic, and I want everybody just to sit there and just listen for a second, because um, I don't give a fuck if you've read shit about a vaccine or any of this nonsense that's going on. Maybe it's not nonsense. Who knows? Maybe it's all real. I don't know. I'm not a fucking doctor, not a scientist. I'm not going to pretend like I keep up with the news. But what I do know in Counter-Strike is we're in the online realms. And this, we've been here all fucking year since kind of it's, uh, it's been shit we all know it we don't love it we want to be on land we want the fans we want the arenas we want the yelling the plant that we want the players on stage we want all that shit but we don't have it now the fact that we don't have it we don't know when we're going to go back to land we do not know when that is going to be a possibility and because of that we need to take a bit of a look at what the counter-strike world looks like now with the online stuff and what it's going to look like in the future what we can do better what the teams have done what players have done what tournament organizers have and haven't done Those are the things we want to talk about. So today's going to be quite a general discussion. It's not going to be so pointed with questions. We're not going to be doing the hot seat. There's nothing like that going on. We're just going to have a chat, a bit of a chit chat. You guys are with us at home, sitting there listening. Imagine you're sitting around, which you can't do at the moment because you're not allowed to hang out with your friends, having a beer, just talking, shooting the shit. That's what we're about to do. So without further ado, if we argue... That's a really good show, guys. We should have said this before we went live. But, Mm -hmm. you know, speaking over each other, yelling, um, you know, having tantrums, that is all allowed. And uh, we're going to get this one underway. You've already done
2: your first, man, in the first five minutes.
0: Good. And I need to say this because I didn't say it at the top of the show and I'm going to get fired if I don't do it. Uh, HLTV Confirmed is brought to you by ExtraFi. There you go. That's done. I'm not going to get fired. Now Lucas gets to keep his job as well. So thank you to ExtraFi for supporting the show. Make sure that I get paid. And if I get paid, then I can go on these rants. So this is good news. Um, All right. So now that we've got all that out the way and we're in the realms of this, let's get the discussion going. Okay. So I think the first talking point that we'll start with here, because Prof writes these, he's a bloody savior of mine, uh, is how well have events been transitioned to online? So look, for those, let's just quickly establish some things. With the shift to online, there's a change in viewing experience because there's no crowd, which normally would build the hype for you guys watching at home. Or if you're in Arena, obviously, it's more hype when you're there. Um, we know that, Lan, you're always going to see the players. That's one of the biggest reasons uh, that I've heard from TOs, especially in surveys of why people like going to those events is so they can get to as close as players as possible with signing sessions or all that kind of stuff that they get to do. Um, so we've we've been set up with a couple of big obstacles here. Are there any other massive obstacles that I'm that I'm missing, boys?
3: Not really. I mean, I think uh, in terms of the transition, like, should we go to by to because there's basically, I'd say there's probably like ESL, Blast, DreamHack, and Flashpoint are probably the four biggest online sure. tournament circuits right now, right? So I'll be a bit biased. I'll start with with Blast. I think they actually had a really good start to the year with um, when they transitioned from the Fall Series into the Showdown Online. They had sent us uh, they sent us all backdrops so that we all looked like we were in the same place. They sent us cameras that the big we had kid that, of gear. Yeah, I actually, actually bought the some of the stuff they sent us. I mean, they did it properly. I think they did it really well. But even with that, there was not being beside your co-commentator, which something you won't be able to understand unless you have to do that. Try online versus land. Um, there was an audio delay problem with the online broadcast. What programs that you use like VMix? That was something inescapable. Uh, that's a problem we have right now. Uh, Andrews and Semler are not at the at the studio for Blast right now and that's that's a problem where like similar there'll be like a great big reaction to something and then two seconds later that thing will happen or it'll be the opposite because it's too hard to sync um but i think that was the that was like the best that we saw right off the bat yeah. um and then everybody gave up pretty much i think dreamhack haven't changed anything since even a dreamhack fall it's been the same production that we saw in june uh esl just gave up on online went to land as soon as possible blast were like we're not doing that again and now we're all in a studio and I'm in Denmark for two months. So I think it was it was kind of felt like an online thing, at least from the broadcast side. And we immediately forfeited all of it and just went back to getting as many people in a studio as possible.
0: Yeah, let's let's start a little bit broader because I want to I want to narrow it down on the broadcast specifics uh, as well. But I, I want to go like in terms of. Uh, When we got thrown this curveball, we've obviously seen different adjustments, right, because Blast came into the year with their grand plans of having they were still doing the events in a similar way, but we had to get split up regionally. Obviously, that's because we can't travel at the moment. You guys understand how that's happening. So uh, we have like Oceania, Asia, uh, North and South America or the Americas, and then obviously Europe. And then even in some cases because of RMR events, we've been broken up into CIS as well. Now, in hindsight, looking at this 2020, Um, there's probably not many other ways that we can do this to stimulate Counter-Strike at the moment because we can't travel. Do you think prof that, that the TOs have done the best with that information as they were given at least in the early stages of the year?
1: Yeah. I mean, there, wasn't really much you could do like you can't have EG playing, I don't know, Astralis from different continents. It just can't work. So you have to split it into, into regions. I think that is, that is okay of course you you always have the the problem with the RMR and the valve way of thinking that CIS and Europe are not the same thing which i think if any time was good to to go back on that decision it's now because i, I think those two regions don't really there's no need for a CIS region in the qualifier i i don't think so at least i agree we 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 can play on like some okay servers maybe someone's going to have a 60 versus 30 40 ping but I don't think that is a reason that we need to have a different CIS minor or whatever. I mean, especially
2: uh, like when you can even like do the qualifier separately and then do the line on uh, combined, right? Even then, you yeah. just circumvent the ping issue.
1: Yeah, so I think from from that perspective, it was done okay. Of course, like the the original the original thinking back in like April or whatever was that this is pr- potentially going to be something that we'll have for maybe a couple of months and then after the summer. Uh, we'll be back to land and stuff like that. That was the kind of the hope. So I, so I get why maybe a lot of TOs just like, we're doing what we're doing now. This is like a temporary thing. And then we'll see like after, after summer, maybe we can go back to land and do the things that we used to do before. And we didn't really see any, any changes until maybe now ish, or maybe for, for next year that people are planning to do something else, literally all of the, all of the events from may till now are more or less the same.
0: So I, I think this is a, a point here that so certain tournament organizers, let's use ESL as an example, because they have the launch of, of events, is that they had so many deals in place for the entirety of the year, which would have been a week long events, which have obviously been expanded um, to two, three week events in certain situations. Pro League is an example, always would have been a four to five week event. That's just the format there. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that we've seen. Uh, yeah, with ESL and DreamHack, we can lump them under that same banner is they've just extended events, uh, maybe because of these regions, maybe uh, because they need to hit sponsor obligations in an ever-changing world uh, where sponsors probably want more now that we don't have bums in seats or foot traffic through doors. Uh, we don't have players to be advertising shit at events. So they've needed to try and get their value probably through minutes watched. And that has really uh, pushed us in a direction where the calendar is just like backed up. We all know that, right? That this has just been a year um, with everything on top of each other. Now, looking at that, and, and once again, looking back retrospectively here, Striker, do you think that that kind of a decision was short-sighted at the time from, from these TOs to go in that angle? Or do you think it, it it was the only thing that they could have done, considering we were forced into this and with what Prof was saying, it felt like a temporary thing?
2: Yeah, but I mean, I guess a part of it could also be that they wanted to take advantage of the situation to a, to a certain degree, you know, where... They could essentially force teams, you know, to play a little bit more than they usually would, just because they're at home. The travel is not a not an issue. You know, there's a lot of a lot more days on offer essentially. So I can understand that, even from like a business perspective, why they would not want it to do that. But obviously, you know, as time went on, we kind of realized that maybe that's not the best way to go, just because teams are getting really frustrated with how much they have to play, and and, and stuff like that. So. I mean, I just understand it from from pretty much every angle. Whether it's whether it's from a, like a sponsor angle or from like a tournament organizer who just wants a, little, a few more games, you know, have to have a have a bigger piece of the pie. Um, but obviously, you know, as time went on, it's just like six months later. Like, sure, we haven't really changed that much, but we still have like a week now that there's going to be more of a lot more or less of, of a break where sure, Flashpoint is kind of going on at the same time, um, but there's going to be a, a smaller breaks in between tournaments now. So. I feel like that's a that's an improvement compared to the starts okay so with yeah. sorry go for
3: londis yeah i was just gonna say it doesn't i don't think it, it they, anyone came into it with a malicious intent to like yeah exactly. you know make people work too hard or whatever like as you mentioned it's this weird game where we're trying to figure out you know how much money is being lost and like how much are like our sponsor obligations not being met like not having like you get all the jersey sponsors you just don't get like the you don't have like a photographer at a land event creating these amazing beauty shots of players all beside fans and stuff like that and that can definitely take away but at the same time the overhead of running an entire event like that has to be a dramatic cost and where a lot of tos actually lose money like from what i understood in previous years was that you know esl would make money from all of the online play leading up to a lan event and the lan event would obviously would just be would, would cost them money because you can't escape the fact that if you need like a Katowice, well katavitza might be free i don't know but another event like a cologne where you need a giant stadium with logistics and the overhead, it just ends up being a tremendous cost that you don't make back on like ticket sales and like alcohol sales or however you would make money from the actual event being in person.
0: So I I think with, with all of those things in mind that we've just touched on because we've touched on a lot of different things here, because there's stuff we're going to narrow down. And I think that's where we go now. But if we look at counter-strike as a whole, and we'll keep it with you here Launders, if you were to kind of put like, I mean, it's staying away from certain TOs, just kind of looking at the game and how we've managed throughout this year with all the bullshit that's happened. Like, what kind of a grade would you give us? Do you do you think we passed?
3: I think so. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I, I feel like the only the main problem right now, like I say, we cut down the amount of broadcasts in total this year, and I think we're in a much happier place. Like everybody could wa- If everyone could feel like they could watch every minute of Counter Strike this year, I think overall, I, largely at least for me, like I would consider myself a core core audience. I have had a good time watching online games and I've sometimes forgotten that it's online because you know, the effort from production to like bring in player cams as much as possible to get reactions all the time, uh, casters, like really trying to amp it up to make up for the fact that there is no audience behind them. I feel like they the effort is noted and it's not just like a phone it in effort. I feel like there, if it, it, it actually feels like there is some Epic finals that we've seen this year and it feels like nobody's talking about the big asterisk on the online era for a lot of teams like some are still some people are now thinking about well how does this fit into the grand scheme of like all of the years of counter-strike but you know we're looking at heroic as a legitimately amazing team and that's all based on online results and i think that's really nice and i think that goes to show that we do have we do have some credence for some of the matches that have been played this year
0: Well, let's start uh, narrowing this down with a few of the topics, right? And I think one of the big ones for people playing at home here is the fact that the major has been indefinitely postponed. Uh, And I want to dive into this just quickly uh, as a bit of a warning for all the other TOs out there, because Valve are a very smart bunch of people, as much as from the community perspective, they get berated and, oh, we want updates, we want this, we want that by valve saying that the major is postponed indefinitely until it is obviously safe to do so and we know that lands can be done they are not kicking the can down the road and you've probably heard me use that terminology several times before on this show uh, and what i mean by that is they are not getting your hopes the players hopes uh, my hopes fucking everybody who watches and loves counter-strike they're not getting our hopes up and by doing that what Valve have done is obviously put us in a, in a rough situation. I'm sure they can help out in other ways. We're going to touch on that. Don't worry about it. But by the, our biggest event and not going, okay, guys, we're actually, yeah, never mind. We'll put it in uh, May next year. And then we get to May next year and the world's still fucked and we kick it down the road again and we go to November. Go, okay, guys, we're going to hold it in November. And then the same bullshit happens. They're going to keep the, by by just telling us, we don't know, no one's sitting here hoping and praying and waiting for that. Now, the RMR events are kind of keeping us in that, in that um, uh, mind state and it's making it a bit more difficult for these teams to to make roster changes. Once again, I'm going to dive into that, but my warning is, and I'm not going to sit here and, and get upset with what happened with the ESL stuff. Obviously this second wave is happening right now in Europe and everything's bad. And their plans for, to do, um, you know, these, these events, uh, which was global challenge was meant to be done on land. We obviously know now that's not going to be happening. Um, so w- when we keep in mind that that changed, uh, TOs need to be very careful when going ahead now and announcing big things like that by coming out and going, we're going to do this on land. Like let's say, for example, we'll just stick with ESL. They come out and they say, yeah, global challenge isn't happening, but we'll definitely do Katowice on land next year. Don't do that. That's a terrible idea. Listen to Valve. Do what Valve do. Stop kicking the can down the road and stay away from that because what you're going to do is you're going to continue keeping the community on this roller coaster. And eventually, it'll be the boy who cried wolf. So unless you're a TO and you can 100% guarantee that you can do it on land or you can do these arena events, we can't use Corona as an excuse because we all know we're in this bullshit. So let's not pretend that there aren't going to be fucking stuff that's out of our control. Yeah. So unless, yeah.
3: That would be like uh, telling us you know the prediction for what the Tesla stock will be in six months, right? Nobody knows the answer to that question. And look other at than like, other than Lerpus. Other than Lerpus, of course. But then look <laughs> at like Cyberpunk for also as a great example of why you shouldn't overpromise in that regard. And also it's not like you're, we're all competing against other land tournaments, right? Everybody is in an online era. So as long as you stop reminding people that it could end, you might be able to get comfortable with the idea of staying here for a bit.
0: And this yeah. is the point of this show is now for us to be able to look at online. What can we do better? what can be done better what has been done and and kind of putting that all into a box so prof now with this bit more of a focus do you want to
1: get stuck in i want want just touch on what you said about just like uh, the the status of the major what what valve said was when we can have an rmr event on lan then after that we can have the major so they are kind of putting that as like a i don't know like a test out there or like like a stepping stone yeah or whatever the cannery and the coal mine whatever uh, but even before that, probably we should have some like smaller lands happening that are not as big, as important as an RMR event. Right. Yes. And, and then we, we, we have a couple of these stepping stones that we ha- we will have to have before we can have a major, to be honest, who is stopping us from having a land in Belgrade right now, considering like eight teams are boot camping there, like practically no one, but the problem is. People want that land to be like fucking epic and have all of this like build up and all of this shit and doing something like that is probably impossible because as we see with, with this pandemic, things change like month to month, you can't do anything in advance. If you, if you want to just put a land together in like two weeks or whatever, maybe find like a couple of days, a land can happen technically. But if you take in all of these other things that a TO wants around a land that it Builds the hype that it's connected to the whole system, to the pro tour, to whatever. Then that is, well, seems like impossible right now.
2: It's also a problem of the with the scheduling, obviously, just because certain things are already in place and and teams can't just you know throw everything away. Like you know can't can't really skip the showdown now in, in order to to take part in some land that takes no. place in Belgrade that's just put together like within a month. Like that's the that's also a problem. So it's just people. Tournament organizers wouldn't even risk it just because they wouldn't be probably be wouldn't be able to get all the teams that they want.
0: And of course, there's the one thing which you need to point out above all else here, guys. And and um, this goes without saying; it needs to be known. This goes without saying is that the the onus on safety is the biggest thing. I don't care what your stance necessarily is on coronavirus or, or how you think as a listener, like or any of us really. We're not the experts on this, um, and each person needs to make their own choices. So if players aren't comfortable traveling for lands uh, with with this out there and we still don't know exactly what the effects are of this long term, um, then that needs to always be kept in mind, right? So until we get back to a point where a TO feels comfortable enough that they can run it without a hitch or without putting people in danger and that players feel comfortable enough that they believe in that, then we're not going to be getting back to a land environment. Also, countries are quite clearly going to be working whether they are going to be dictating whether or not we can do it. Right here in Germany, we're back to a partial lockdown. I'm not sure what it's like in too many other places around the world. I try not to keep my finger on the pulse with that because there's so much shit to focus on. Um, but look, that's that's one of the biggest hurdles we have. So. Fucking bastards on the street. Why are they all... Mate, the other night, just quickly... Do you have your sidebar. window open or do you have Yeah, your... I'm going to fucking oh, okay. close it. I'm going to... It gets so hot in here, man. This hotel room. Like, it's great. Yes, I'll you know, nice as well. Is that carried in lamp screaming? Probably. <laughs> that, right? Check this out. The other night... That's
2: a reference that a half. I love it. I had
0: to be an absolute cunt the other night because I was sleeping and I was having a rough night and I had to get up and do a double best of three day. Oh, woe is me. Um, But, like, I have to sleep with the windows open because there's no air con. And at 4.30 in the morning, there was a woman having an argument, like a domestic, in the middle of the street. And they were going at 4.30. And they were probably going for about half an hour. I don't fucking know. I lost track. And eventually, I get up and I go over to the window, right? And they're speaking German. Or it could actually be a different language. I'm not sure. And I yell out shut the fuck up right <laughs> and they couldn't tell where that came from because i'm on the fourth floor they would have it bouncing off buildings and shit and the woman just goes oh sorry and then they shut up and take off and i was like "Well, oh, <laughs> they're
3: British yeah so,
0: but i don't i can't believe they understood me so i felt like a bit of a dick but uh, i got back to sleep anyway let's get back on this focus uh, <laughs> before i derail this Listen, way The first
3: land is going to be uh the first land is going to be moderna land in case will are sponsored by the vaccine everyone's gonna yes. get vaccinated it's gonna be fantastic and that'll be one of the earliest ways to get the vaccine. So everyone, come to land.
0: Valve is going to work with these companies, and we'll get the major back underway. Yeah. But uh, uh, so let's let's have a look at this. So now um, the system prof with the RMR stuff. Their plan from Valve, the way I understand it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is to keep this stuff kind of regional and and use it as a gauging point for where these teams are in the world. But are we doing ourselves a disservice having to do these kind of events every three to four months?
1: I mean like one of the issues for me is that that they're kind of split up and especially and also the fact that the the rankings are kind of fucked. they don't really represent what we think about the teams uh like what are the best teams one of the best teams probably complexity in the world like this year they're nowhere to be seen on that ranking then like top three is like godsend and nip which are okay teams but they're definitely not top three in the world right so and those rankings dictate the advice, and then you have events that are especially split up between like Europe and CIS and then NA of course, but NA is NA, you can't do much about that. So you have some like weird events. If you look at DreamHack, like the one before was, what was it? Fall also wasn't yeah. like the, the best event that you could have right In in the, in the space. So that is the problem I see with these events, if they just become events for Valve points and not events, just like good events, right? If you had the best events and use those events to rank people, then that would be good. But the longer we're going on, all of these rules that Valve put in place to make it like good to, to track the, the progress of the teams, it's obviously a system that was not made to go on for this long. It was a system made for like a year or like six months, nine months, whatever. So I think that's getting becoming problematic at the same time. I don't really have an alternative to, to like to do anything else. Right. That. You, you can just like it. write everything off and say like, Oh yeah. F- all of these points you accumulated, accumulated are for nothing. We are resetting it now. It's, it's pretty unfair to some teams.
2: Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, obviously you could still, you could still look at all the tournaments that have been going on, like in the past, whatever, like include pro league and whatever, the, whatever all blast. The problem though, is that Valve are not in charge of, of. Who gets goes to those teams, and it's the tournament organizers, you know, who have deals with teams that aren't necessarily, you know, the best in the world, and haven't really done well in the in the rankings so far, or really don't have any merit. Like, look at Cloud Nine as an example, right? It's an entirely new team that could get invited easily to to like a big event, and even did. And uh, but they are an entirely new team. We don't know if they're going to be like a top thirty team, like a top ten team, whatever. They could be top fifty. They could just flop, right? So like all these things make Valve pretty. Um, controlling about what, what the system looks like and that's essentially the problem like sure we could still use the tournaments to to create like a i don't know like a like a separate ranking or even go up along one of the rankings that that exists now uh, and then use that for for, for, the, for the major um down the line but with these things you know being in place with with certain um contracts between teams and, or, and tournament organizers that basically removes all that possibility
0: this is a hard one, right, Launders? Because if, if we look at this and we consider that we've already played these tournaments, like Prof is saying, we can't just forget about it. But by the time we get to this major, when we have no idea where it's going to be, teams are being restricted with roster movements because of how stringent those points are. Um, and the, the obviously you can argue that you can take more risks now because we don't know when that major is going to be. But do we think that this is going to have, with what Valve have in place right now, lasting effects on on? Potential roster changes, or is it going to hamper the scene?
3: Yeah, I think I think all the points here just like cover everything pretty much. But I I feel like first and foremost, like we obviously can't get mad at Valve for this situation because how how are they supposed to predict what's going on? Like they're putting in rules where the the value of these of these placings and like the points and stuff will obviously decay over time. There's nothing you can do about that. Nobody knew that we'd be at one year later still talking about not knowing when the end of this pandemic would be. So that's the really tricky part, I think. There's not really a better system. It's better than them not not having it's better than them not having tried this, I'd say, as as much as it sucks for teams that, you know, if this really goes on for like, you know, first lands 2025 or something like that. And then we have (laughs) to actually, you know, think about points from uh five years ago, we might have to say, okay, maybe big don't qualify for the major. You know what I'm saying? But we don't, we don't know at all yet like how bad it'll be. But if it is within a year. You could talk about some of the points holding their value, but in a year, even that's pretty sketchy. Like I'd say, uh, how good a team is when I do my research is based on how good they were in the last three weeks, let alone last three months, let alone last entire year. So it could really harm the integrity of that major when it happens. And the, and in terms of like the net positive, it would be great for the teams that, that worked really hard to win these events now, but if they are complete trash when the major rolls around, it hurts pretty much everything else. The outcome of the result of the major, the enjoyment of the spectators who watch, the storylines coming into the event. So that's something that'll be a hard conversation what to
2: you, have. I think... I'll go ahead. Basically, the longest that you have an effect on your major slot, or the longest that you have had an effect on your major slot, is two majors, right? You could qualify for a major, um, for the actual part of the major for the top sixteen, essentially. Um, then go to the playoffs, and then the next major you get reinvited to the what the fuck is it called? I forgot the stages now. The new Whatever. It's to stage the, or something. The, they renamed to the it. The stage. Stage, I think. Then you go after <laughs> that, and the next tournament you still get invited to the top twenty-four stage, essentially. That that's that's what it is. So the longest that we've had that you have an effect on your major style is about 12 months, essentially. Like from the first major of one year to the next to, to the first major of the next year. And um, because there was a major in between, right? So once we go beyond that point, which we actually already have, because we are past, past the 12 months mark from uh, the start of the major, that becomes a kind of a problem essentially from, in in my view, at least because like 12 months is already <clears throat> already quite a quite a long time for a team to have like a reserved slot at the next major, you know? I and think- then the more we go further away from that, the more on uh, the, the the weirder it's going to get.
1: What what kind of balance is that? Is that like every next RMR event has more points. So like they didn't yeah, do a like decay.
2: 20% more, I think every every time yeah, so far.
1: They did something like that. But I also kind of agree that probably at some point we need to stop and Camping reset it events, in a yeah. way, but we can't reset it. So my only idea, alternative idea is for Valve to do some kind of like regional tournaments, which aren't majors, but like, let's use the RMR rankings that we have invites the best teams that we have based on, let's say. Let's say in March, let's even have it online, but have some sort of like in-game integration or a valve sponsored prize pool or something. And we do it for every region in March. And we invite based on like what we had so far, if we, if we can't have the, like the LAN RMR in March, we do the event like that. We have the best teams in each region. We have some like regional semi champions, something, I don't know. And then after that we start again, because it, it is kind of dumb to even have like I don't know, avant-garde, were they avant-garde? They, yeah, they were still avant-garde. Like, okay, they finished second. So they have like 400 points from the star ladder meet. Like that is, that is dumb. And what? most of the, most of the points are going to get lost anyway, because of the roster changes. Uh, uh,
3: one thing and I don't like to, and it's easy to spend other people's money, but I think one solution also would be to incentivize the result of the tournament as it stands, because I think like, like dream hack for example, was a really small prize pool in general for like how much the teams played and. Like the outcome yeah. of the event, was actually pretty competitive too. So just if you like, let's say the prize pools were just sufficient on RMR events, maybe imbued with a little bit of money from valve. Richest private company on the planet. Like maybe they could put a little bit more down than but the result of plan, the event.
1: Though? do I misremember this? Weren't the RMR events supposed to be, or is that just for the land thing that was originally planned to be a land? Well, these yeah. RMR events.
3: They kind of just assigned dreamhack rotterdam no, it which was became like, fall to become an rmr event like at the end of the summer i think so i think it was last minute
2: i felt like Valve was no, supposed you mean to the, subsidize those events you mean originally right or i
1: don't know but i like don't the, remember the original
2: exactly. announcement basically like that this idea came from was that there were going to be two land qualifiers before majors right from the november major that would have been you know the second major of 2020 um from there on there were supposed to be two line events. So basically, like in the last three three months, there were supposed yeah. to be like two line like events IMA that were you well for the major. Probably yeah, that was one of those, else. probably. But essentially that was the idea. That's what your point is. Yeah. yeah. So, well, so then,
0: yeah. I, I think that I think that we've hit some good points and ideas here in the sense that um there there's a lot of hurdles, right? The one is we aren't going to by the time we get to the next major, if we continue in the current way. Uh, have the most accurate representation, most likely, of the teams who should be at the major, right? We want the best teams to be at our next major because for us as a Counter-Strike community, that is going to be the celebration of we weather the storm of COVID. We still had all of our online events. We fucking were sick, cunts, and now we're having this land event. Let's fucking celebrate, right? Let's see the best Counter-Strike teams going to war. We don't want to get there and have ourselves in a situation where we have some shitters like no offense everybody tries hard you all want to get paid all that kind of stuff but we all as viewers and as an entertainment product want the best team. so we need an adjustment to that so what if we like yours right there prof might seem a little bit like hard to go okay we're gonna do this and give them like an interim belt or they you know you, you win something and then okay we'll start again i still find that maybe a little bit difficult but what if they were to just to adjust the amount of um the amount of slots. And then when we get closer to the event, well, we obviously valve aren't stupid valve. know like that there are world rankings all around the place that there is obviously a consensus or the teams who are outside of the, the cutoff there, who are clearly very good teams in the world. Let's say we get there and Australis are the best team in the world, but for whatever reason, they're not in the top percentage because something happened. Like there needs to be some form of like a last chance qualifier, like what we used to do, like one of the early majors I played in where all the teams from around the world came together. And you played and a couple of them qualified, right, like we could do stu- stu- something like that to make up a couple of spots with the major yeah. to make sure we get good teams there. And it could be a spectacle around it. It might seem like it's unnecessary, but it's only way t- with the system we have now, unless it's scrapped, to keep it kind of fair. But then the next problem, not only do we have an issue with making sure that we have the right teams when we need them to be, that is something that we we can kind of work out a little bit closer. What we need to do is. How do we incentivize having these event, events? Now, they definitely need to exist. But right now, in my opinion, they hamper the calendar. If I'm Blast, if I'm ESL, if I'm Dreamhack, if I'm Flashpoint, having an RMR event, which probably runs because people are going to go, oh, no, just make the format. But you have to include a certain amount of teams and you have to play down to first, second, third, fourth, fifth, because of the way that they've done the point system. It needs to be quite a comprehensive system because what they're clearly trying to do here is gauge who is where. They don't want to just run it into a tournament where you're in your group, you're in your group, and maybe this team never meets this team, and we don't get a true representation of how it's all meant to shake on down, right? They want to keep it as competitive in that regard and have as many teams going against each other as possible so with that in mind these events need to be spotlight events you should want to run an rmr event you should have that in-game integration that prof was talking about and maybe in some kind of a way maybe a case maybe a maybe a fucking i don't know spray or something like that gets to help stimulate the tournament not in a big way. We don't need millions of dollars. We just need something so that there's eyes on, that it matters to the players, that it's not just saying it's like, oh, fuck, we have to play this event, but we have Cologne coming and we have this. That it, we need the community to understand what this means and the importance of it. And right now, that's not the case. So we, we do need Valve to meet us halfway. We need the TOs to be incentivized to run them because right now, what money are you even making from back from that? It just feels like, and you're getting put under a negative spotlight. Because a lot of people at home who aren't core viewers don't understand the reason behind it. They're just sitting there going, oh, well, people are saying that there's three weeks worth of games and they're all best of threes. And this is such a shitty format. Like, how can they do this to the players when it was now being sandwiched in to an ESL tournament that was already planned or a a blast tournament that was already planned? And now the calendar looks fucking hyper packed because of all this shit. So we need to come to some kind of an agreement or discussion with Valve so that we can all be happy and we're not in this whole burnout position. Um, but if we sit here, boys, digging onto fucking RMR the whole time, we might quickly run through the show. So do how do we want to cap this one off? Do we have any like ways to to, to summarize this? It just needs to be because you're right. Prof, there's no there's no clear answer. There's no real the thing is, like
1: whenever you think about the, the solution being something including Valve, that's not a good solution. If, yeah. Like that that is the hardest way to get anything solved. But I, I really hope that they do something about the RMR events. Uh, And maybe just, like, have the winners included in the game through some, like, skin case, sticker, shit, whatever, like, something. Other than that, I completely agree with you that these tournaments are, like, the lowest on the excitement level just because of what they want to be. They want to be a tournament that gauges where everyone is and not just the winner. And the more you go into this, like, deciding who's 15th and who's 14th, that is like Nobody gives
2: a shit about those matches, yeah. obviously. But you have,
1: but you have to have them, and yeah, that that is that is a problem. I'm
2: actually not entirely sure that you have to. I think there's a, I think you have to until a certain placement, but not for the entire tournament, because yeah. I think there was like a there was like a line in the Valve rules that said like if there is no decider match, which they would just like get an average of average of those points, you know, for those two placings or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but they want to, to
1: avoid like teams having the same number of points, yeah, so yeah, you don't have to I, at this
2: at this point, that's, that's not going to happen. happen though. Like we're we're so deep into that that I think those those matches that just decide like the one spot difference is literally not going to make any any sort of real difference. Just because, especially like with the certain like weird percentages that people lose now for roster changes and stuff like that m- between tournaments or even a mid tournament, like we saw with Caribbean North and stuff. Like you get to like point X points, like you're not going to get any ties at the end of this. If you do, it's like you, there's nothing you could have done about it
3: yeah increased prestige because also and you know just uh, as wrapping up just looking back at fall looking at the list of teams here okay heroic vitality in order of their placings heroic vitality astralis nip big fanatic og sprout phase north godsend g2 this it attracts all the talent you need because they think it's for a major the winner of this event heroic after a grueling you know bunch of best of threes only got 33 grand which works out to like five grand per player so you could easily increase the prestige of the event by making it more attractive in terms of like either some in-game incentive or money and the viewership would come. Like it would be a really good event just by itself.
0: I don't think as simple as signature skins. If you win the event, you all get fucking signature skins saying that you won this event. Like it's super cool. Like obviously at the moment when you play in majors, the drops happen and the players are, the viewers at home get those cases to it, right? Imagine if it goes to the players or it's promoted in the game, that heroic one, you know, like, we we the more of that we have the the better it can be and then it's going to draw more attention from the TOs because then if the the TOs know that they can get more out of it then they might put more into it and then we all win um but let's talk about people who have been winning in recent times and we're going to quickly just jump over and talk about these rosters now you haven't been keeping up with 2020 burnout has been on the agenda um and that's been because of all of these events now First of all, a lot of people are going to go, how do you get burnt out? You're just in your home. You don't have to travel. Well, I think if you guys have been taking a look at everybody who's been locked indoors and all the stats going up with um, like fucking mental health issues, this is another one, right? If you get up every day, your office is in your house. For a lot of people, it's even in their bedroom. You play. You play for fucking, I don't know, 12 hours a day. You go to even bed. Even worse
2: like, than, yeah. than like traveling all the time, I think. Yeah. I literally I, think, I I literally think, think you're like having, having to way. be yeah having no change at all like for months on a months at a time is actually quite bad for your mental health i think it's worse than having like you know changing all the time Uh,
0: so i i will speak to the changing all the time compared to being in one place because traditionally for me i'm on the road for 300 plus days a year obviously out of choice because i love i love doing this but for me and my body physically i am Feeling the best I have because I can eat a stable diet. I'm not always on airplanes being cramped on yeah, and okay, stuff. I can exercise more from that you're kind also of an angle. i like an
1: adult human being that is actually trying to live a healthy lifestyle. So that is a huge that's part of not burnout, 95% probably. of the people on the planet. So
0: I, I think you're right there, Launders. That's it's the a huge, point, right?
3: A huge part about burnout it's like being able to take care of yourself, like manage your time. Um, Threat actually talked about it on a great show called HLTV Confirmed. Uh, yes. I recommend <laughs> watching that one. That was such an important point, right? Like if you if everybody stays up until two am to play ten a m. matches, you will be tired for those matches when you just were playing some pugs that you could have played at five p m. after your matches from the last day, then are you asking for burnout? Probably. Is there someone there that could help you with that? I don't know. That's up to the teams to get that sorted out. A lot of players are younger. so, you know, I didn't really get my shit together until in the la until the last few years. So I'm not surprised that, like, you know, players like, I don't know, whoever was complaining about the early matches. 10 a.m. games, man. 10 a.m. games, that they are having trouble because, you know, that's something that just comes with time. You just get better at that with life. Um, But yeah, like, even, even, like, right now, I think also, I don't know if it's the same for you, Sponge, but just being in a place where I'm with all the people I know, like, you know, you have friends at ESL. that are not just the talent, maybe yeah. like production as well. And I'm here with blast and I get to have in-person meetings. We might go out for a lunch or two. I'm like right across the hall from scrawny. Like we all get to hang out sometimes while we get tested and everything. This is a much better situation, even though I'm not actually moving. I still wake up every day in this Danish hotel room with the same computer and do the same job for the same people. But just that little bit extra of kind of interaction along with being here with the project in person, it just helps so much. Okay. yeah
0: no, I, I agree with that sentiment for us in in germany we recently went back into lockdown so all of that looser stuff is gone like we now mm-hmm. you can only do takeaway food and all that kind of stuff and i imagine for these guys some of which have started doing like obviously we've seen nip in boot camp facility we've seen vitality in boot camp facility Astralis uh, some of the players will go to the office um to play together that that list can probably go on there's teams who are boot camping in serbia right now so some are obviously in different circumstances than others but one of the keys here and, and this is what we're getting to is the six-man rosters so um, for those people who haven't taken note of that this year, we've had Astralis uh, lie to us. Uh, we've had... Uh, who else happened? Fucking Vitality are the ones doing it the best. And, G2. And who uh, they are, do a 6-man roster when as they as
1: well. had a gem, jumpy. Yumpy.
0: Yep. Uh, who, who, else, who else has done a 6-man? Those are, those are four. Who am I missing here?
1: I've uh, 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 actually. We what know the... G2 Vitality... Uh, Astralis. Cloud9 said they want to do it as well in some... Yeah in some form uh mouse ports with uh Bemis as a, like a development mouse, yeah. player
0: oh furia they've flown a guy over to watch that's really
1: yeah. exciting yeah uh,
2: but i mean they, they, they did they didn't say that they don't what
3: is what is that They literally flew in the boot camp. no he doesn't get to play but he yeah. gets to be there it's kind of like a, a live and
2: to be Patreon, honest i don't mind it like i don't mind this like, or
3: something like what do you get
2: well, if, it's like, a, if it's, it's like if it's like an entirely wish. new guy, like this is this is like a pretty decent experience to have, like a to to know how like a top team works and and learn from that. Like he doesn't need to play to to get a lot out of that. I think I'm actually. But what
3: is this make a wish? Like what is it, what are they doing? Is <laughs> yeah, it, is it ju- a present to him or
2: what are they? I, yeah, out? I don't I don't know who the guy is uh, a lot. So like a I mean, he was their, in the academy. Like secondary team. Yeah, he was in the academy at least for for DMV. a while. Oh, okay. those people at home
3: oh sorry are they leaning into the thought of in the future having yeah like, there was an yeah. announcement
2: from them about wanting
0: to do a six man and we all thought it was able j because then i think he was streaming from or whatever but but they from gary and, and art both made some comments at one point about they were looking to do a six man and how they were going to integrate it. it's not known um just yet but i guess that can give us the next question is how do we think it should be done do we think especially in this online era what do we think like launders you got to to you were part of the event where it happened for the first time what did you think about the whole vitality angle of actually swapping players in per map do you think that makes that more or less work for the the teams overall
3: i mean first of all it's like a godsend to have that like narrative come in like that's the only thing that's keeping anything afloat right now is like crazy stuff like that so yeah. it was just so interesting it made the desk more interesting it was so much fun to talk about and they just did it in such a way that made you realize like no one else was even really trying to do it before like First of all, they won. I think two of the three series that they played with him. He bottom fragged on one map, and that's the map. That's one of the maps they won. Other times, he played really well. So I I thought that they did it in such a great way, and I loved the. Uh, I'm not sure if this is exactly your question, but I love the way that they did it, where it's not a personal thing so there was one map where Shox played extremely well on nuke but then he was going to get subbed out on inferno following yeah. for nevera and it wasn't about how well Shox played and if he played badly that would have been probably nicer for vitality to think about but then nevera comes in and they still win inferno and it's like for shocks does not have to say like oh they picked me out for this map because i wasn't playing well 10 minutes ago and you don't have to think about that it's just map specific so i thought it was done really well i like the angle of sustainability that comes with it where you can just introduce one map at a time it seems like as a specialty that makes a lot of sense every player has a least favorite map now you could potentially have a seven map pool i think this is the best way to make that possible and i think that they executed it perfectly in my opinion
0: so it, it sounds good striker from like uh, uh being more potent or potentially being more deadly and staying flexible and harder to read from all of those angles as we look at Counter-Strike, but in terms of the angle for the issues that we've run into with this year with with all the events and stuff do you think it helps alleviate any form it. of burnout
2: i okay. really doubt it just because they i'm pretty sure the actual difference in an amount of time spent in the game you know practicing with the team preparing with the team is probably very very similar to what they had before uh, just because of what i think we talked about this uh, last episode where, yeah. we were, where we were saying how it's very unlikely that you only practice one one map in a day or something and have to get to get one guy out of the team and completely skip that day. Or, you know, if it's like a full week where they only practice two maps, like that's pretty hard to pull off. Um, especially like in an A obviously in Europe it's a little bit it's gonna be a little bit easier just because of the amount of teams that you can play, but it's gonna be very hard to pull off where you can give a guy a week off where he doesn't you know, if it if it was I mean, especially with my Tati's kids it doesn't make any sense because they literally only play um, it's only one map where they can where they can put a guy off just because they have two maps where they switch and it's different guys, um because it shocks on, on one map and um uh, it's Fuck. In the nevera yeah yeah the, um, there you go the Vera, um, Masuda, yeah Masuda so I was just was blanking for a second it was crazy so see you see them can't play on two
3: maps at the same time too
2: yeah.
0: Oh, so, all right, so, like, I, I think that because they're, they're obviously two completely different camps and are two different problems here, like the sixth man we know that we're going to come into problems when we get back to land right prof like once we go to land how diff- it's going to be really difficult in terms of turnaround time at normal events I, it seems very unlikely valve would allow something like this to happen yes yeah, but happen. if we're only looking in the scope of online do you think that teams should start looking at a sixth man because of issues that come with the online environment that we've experienced not only from burnout but internet issues uh, and and other angles like that to keep it fresh because of all the different games do you think this is something that more teams should be looking to do
1: I, I think overall, everyone that tried it didn't regret it. I think everyone got something out of it. Astralis obviously offloaded Essetag for like a massive buyout. So that worked for them. Uh, and also just like they won a tournament with him as well. So everything worked perfectly fine. And even though it was like a six man roster for like two weeks or whatever, they got the player they wanted, sold another player and still got him on loan, like uh, Bimas went into mouse to be there, like permanent fifth, even though he at least was not supposed to be. So I think everyone that did it got something out of it. So it's probably just going to be something that more teams are going to do as well. Like there, there is no reason not to do it almost if you do it the right way. Right. If you're not going to go out and buy a fucking $400,000 player sure. to be your sixth player, your sixth player is going to be someone, someone that's going to be maybe undervalued for some reason, right. Or he's just going to be out of the contract or he's just going to be moving from one, one team to another, or something's going to be happening. Right. So, so that is the guy that you're going to bag for your sixth and then work with. It. And I, I think it's going to continue even in the, in the LAN yeah. time, even though not in this, I don't think people are going to just like bring people around to lands as their sixth to just sit and do nothing for a whole week. I think that would be kind of dumb. Do I, don't, th- I don't see that happening. Do
0: you think that the online era has sped up the 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 way that we will see six in the future? Do you think this whole shit time that we've had is actually
1: going to to really? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah? definitely. People, are, I mean, we are experimenting in not a lot of actually ways, but this is the one one way that people are actually experimenting. And probably the longer the online phase goes on, we'll see like other crazy shit going on. I think see, I really think. That. Were you saying Valve won't allow it as in
3: like the, when the majors roll around, like there's no chance that you'll be able to they do substitutions? Them,
0: they don't even let them do a six that isn't the coach at the moment, right? right so yeah. Those are the problems that we already have with Valve so far.
3: It's like,
2: yeah. hey, like if we had a six man. Like, it's more like they, they allow six, but he also has to be a coach essentially. Yeah. Like either you don't have a coach or you have a six, you know.
3: Right. Okay. At, which I is such
2: a
0: problem. We've seen it happen at least what a handful of times.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Valve, Valve just, coach had to play they believe in five players playing the game and that's like five players win the major the coach isn't noted in the game doesn't have stickers doesn't have anything it's going to be hilarious to see nevera standing behind vitality when they're playing nuke (laughs) (laughs) just getting ready
3: (laughs) just coaching okay so on this topic here it's a hard one to
0: to round up in terms of the online era but just to hit those points that we've had it's great in terms of uh, the the positive Launders was talking about that you could see teams being more flexible, even expanding the map pool because of that, um, and, and it makes them uh, even more deadly in certain situations because you can have players who specialize on certain maps. Um, in terms of helping with burnout probably not because you're still going to have a difficult time scheduling unless you expand the roster to more than six and then you i mean into a whole different conversation uh if you're doing seven eight nine ten players it's uh, so many uh, constellations and combinations from a storyline perspective it's actually been really quite cool we had a similar thing uh, on the esl broadcast with if we all oh, was it going to be jacks are they going to bring Aminek in if they lose a the map you know just like all those potentials um and then the overall here is this is probably something that Counter-Strike will head to in the long run, um, but we're in the online era right now, so we want to see what other crazy shit happens. So do we want to put a pin in that one, boys, and keep it going?
3: I want to say the shit is uh, Counter-Strike is such a sport, and I love that about the game. Like It feels so official in that regard, and the, the fact that teams are willing to dish out for the opportunity to try something like that is something that's like a very edge difference that you don't get from like a brand new game, right? Any Any new game won't be pushed to the point of trying that, but in a yeah. game where we might be have mastered like top teams have mastered maybe 90% of counter strike and are only just lacking some consistency the fact that we're pushed to these extremes i think is really cool something very unique for cs so hopefully uh like valve can foster some of that change in the future
0: They might be left with no choice in the future if if it becomes the mainstay for most teams. And especially, they like to listen to the players the most, right? If this narrative starts coming from the players, from the CSPPA, uh, Valve might have to start making some moves. But something that they had to start making moves on recently, if you guys missed it, uh, was the coaching bug stuff, which is obviously... Now, once again, this does date back several years to where some of these cases were found. But we up until this year... We had almost completely moved away from online Counter-Strike for Tier 1. In 2019, I think we were almost away from it completely. Um, In 2020, unfortunately, we've been thrown back into it. Or fortunately, because we've been able to keep going. But regardless of that, we did have some issues. Now, uh, this is where if you are a newer follower of Counter-Strike or you've never played Counter-Strike online at a high level, then you might not be completely familiar with all the anti-cheating measures that we used to have used to have to record a POV back in 1.6. You'd have to go and take a screenshot of your smoke so that you weren't 16 bidding. There was all this shit that we had to do back in the day that obviously has been lost and forgotten. Now, the coaching issue, that is one that Valve will need to address because they're the ones who fucking make the game. And we've spoken about this at length. That is one that's cropped up. Um, But outside of that, uh, I also wanted to talk about the influence of, of the coach on a team, right? um do we think that during this time period and i i i don't know how it was enforced during blast and i won't even try and speak of how it's going to be enforced in flashpoint or esl because i i don't actually know but um honest maybe you can help us here the, the 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 coaching stuff for blast at least was it uh, at a point where the coaches were able to talk like all throughout rounds or was it kept stringent as if they were on land
3: so they did have peep. they had an admin in team speak don't quote me on this i'm just I think this is how it was. They had an admin team speak all the time, so even during tech pauses, they enforced like not talking if yep. possible. And so I believe that probably also felt, uh, went with coaches as well. But I actually don't know for sure. Okay, but if they're well, doing the tech pauses. I would assume.
0: Let's sure. uh, let's because I know at the start of the year we operated under the assumption um, that uh, coaches were going to be able to have more influence right striker. So let's 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 just assume we don't know what the tos are doing here for a second. Do we, which do we think should be the case? Should we keep it as close to land as possible, where the coaches only get to speak in those tactical timeouts, or do we think that this is maybe a time with online Counter Strike, with how things are different, to let the coaches have a little bit more um, say and control while the game's
2: live? I think just because sorry, just because it's so difficult to uh, to enforce, and there's so many things you would have to do in order to try to enforce it, and even then you'd still you still wouldn't cover everything. I think the rules like that don't really make sense if it, if they're not enforceable to to almost like a perfect sense, you know. So I feel like it's pointless. But should to try we it
0: enforce in. it? Like, like I, I know what you're saying, but like, let's say we could enforce it. Let's say that we did, exi- like Lorna was saying, there was an admin in every team speak for every game. If everybody in TeamSpeak just fucking muted their mics all at the same time, right? Like, you would have to be very elaborate to be using multiple voice Programs, right? You don't even like,
2: have to be on multiple voice programs, though. Like people, like you said okay. people people are in the same fucking room a lot of the time. Like, yeah, that's the they're... other
3: thing, though. Also, webcams need to be on now, right? I think yeah, that's that
2: a, is, that's an important
1: thing.
3: That is also thing. a new thing, yeah. Yeah, so now I can see you and know what you're saying. So you I can type.
1: It, though, it's actually possible to make this, but but it, yeah, it is it is possible. I feel like it's possible to have it to a I don't know to a ninety percent. But do we want it? I'd say that we. I'd actually I mean, want it, honestly, just to, to, to keep do. the consistency, right? Why would we now introduce an era in CS where I mean, we did do it. We don't even have That's, majors now, though. But but still, like all of the other events were under the run under that rule, even on land, even though there were Dream majors had like
2: freeze time talk, by the way. Uh, so, I, don't pack, know. Yeah. Not, yeah. I think they've changed. Not not the biggest, not the biggest yourself. events.
1: Let's be real. Didn't really change. matter, but PO. but
2: essentially, like Valve weren't even didn't even have a problem with tournament organizers doing this they just you know they just said for majors it has to be this way right so people kind of assumed okay then i guess we just we just and have also to follow. Want
1: consistency from tournament, to yeah, tournament. you don't I want super like okay to have different formats but within the game itself you want consistency in a, in a sport i feel like you wouldn't have like in football i don't know one match lasting 90 minutes and the other lasting like 80 or some shit like that or making seven substitutions here and like three and another match maybe this is a hot take but
3: I, i really don't think coaches are going to talk that much during games anyways like i i'm pretty sure a lot of coaches will talk during the tack pauses when there's room to talk but over top of team comms i think it would be a rare instance for that to actually happen i think this was zach was one guy who said like henny wouldn't calm anything so he'd stand behind him and like talk for him but I don't think that that's something that happens a lot. So I feel like it wouldn't make that much of a difference one way or the other.
2: It's it's call- calling that I think is the problem. Where if you get if you do allow this on a like for a longer period of time, teams are going to like especially teams who don't really have like a proper in game leader who have to kind of bridge this problem. Like you know like ants for example, who had Alu for a while, then they changed it to Sunny. I imagine they're not in, like hundred percent happy with that situation at this point. Um, so they could have like an like they could get a coach now a new coach who could call for them you know they just got a new coach so if this was a if this was allowed for a longer period of time they could easily do that and i think that's essentially why Valve wanted to prevent this from happening so it's just about whether you are okay with that whether you're okay with with coaches being the ones who who could call or not and i am
0: This is what we get to set up here and i think that's a that's a good angle as well strikers because if we if we look at this this online era is the best chance for us to experiment with things just like the six-man rosters or the seven-man rosters this is another good time and obviously there was a period of time where we thought the coaches could have become the in-game leaders for the team and we were going down the path of having five big fraggers. now we've moved away from that and i think everybody really understands the importance of having an in-game leader um in the server and now that theory and counter-strike is something that everybody has to learn you can't just be a fucking plank of wood anymore headshotter. you need to be an individual who knows how to throw smokes knows how to read mid-rounds on your own and actually make some decisions counter-strike is trended in that way right that that is why there's such a, a variance between the very best and then those who have good aim but a you know brain dead so um do, do, you you've stated that you think that it's fine for this that the coaches striker to be able to talk yeah okay 100%. so the the positives that you're that you're seeing there uh, that we will see it do is potentially a higher level of of, of counter strike i now, mean pro-
2: exactly how could it hurt cs right it's like if a team thinks it's better if they have like a, a more focus from the in-game from the in-game leader you know um, on the game and have somebody else who's more responsible on the on like the big picture, where he makes like the big calls. Well, I think that's only going to help, right? It can't really hurt anybody.
0: Well, what if we look for something in the middle ground here? Because I, I think that Launders has established a good point as well. It's probably not too many. they're, they're probably a team with a very strong in-game leader. Let's use Malzbotz as an example. I don't think Mytha would be overcalling anything Carrigan says within a mid round. Like the, there's a, a level of respect there where that wouldn't happen, but maybe in a Nexa Malik example, maybe Malik would overcall Nexa in a certain situation. I don't know. I'm just saying because of the the history of um, Nexa is it still a newer player uh, Is it yeah. to an in-game leader role than to that of Malik. Now, if we were able to to have that middle ground and we had all the webcams up, which I think needs to be enforced, we're going to get talking about TOs very soon, so don't worry, we'll be jumping into that. Um, but in, in these tier one events, every player, every coach should have a camera on them at all times. I think the tier should still be... Um, manage so that teams aren't like because we have banned coaches now right i think there should be admins in all of the ts's so that we don't see five players muting i think ts should be recorded like i think we should make sure that there's nothing nefarious going on there's no chance for stream sniping even though there's longer delays and shit now we should be trying to avoid all of that but in terms of the influence of the coach i'm kind of in the middle i think that like we could set it up fucking leaf blower anyway i think that we should set it up that we have um, the coaches being able to contribute, but maybe we do it in that dream hack fashion. Maybe we do it in the fashion where they can only speak in the freeze times and in the tactical timeouts, and then that way we kind of they're not they're not holding players' hands through mid rounds, but they're also being able to contribute and potentially help with the overall. So, uh, do we do we look for do we look for that middle ground, Launders, or do you, do you think we should like Prof is more su- suggesting? We stick with what we've got. And then once we do get back to land, everybody's going to be playing by the same rules.
3: I, I feel like whatever is easiest because I don't really see it being a big deal either way, to, in my opinion. Like, I think teams will have to make a decision if they've got a uh, if they got the major on the horizon. Some of the teams are not going to talk during the mid rounds because they don't want to change that practice, which is that tournament, when they have a, a major coming up where they won't be able to lean on that crutch. So... They'll have to make that choice, and if they want to go down that route, I really don't think there's much advantage. I think you could potentially hurt yourself having six voices in the columns during your rounds, and I don't think most com- coaches are actually competent enough to call rounds. I do think that I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure how many coaches would say they would be comfortable calling around over an IGL. Um, most teams that are good have good IGLs at this point, and so I just don't see the advantage being that great. So I'd say whatever's easiest. I really don't. Honestly, I don't care if a, if a TO wants to do it that way or the other. But I think the teams will have to decide, you know, if they've got a major coming up, which is probably what they're all thinking about down the line. Is this something we want to try to prepare for? Or is this, could we just try to win now and then change it for the major and try to win again?
0: Right. Well, I think we can almost wrap this one up, Prof. I'm going to leave it with you before we throw it to a quick little break. But um, it's if we're, the way that we're framing it there, especially with what Launders is saying is... Um, keep it kind of, it, the loosey goosey could only hurt you in the future if, and it's up to your decisions as a team. Do you think we should kind of leave it that way? That it's a bit open-ended? Like, yeah. I, I, yeah.
1: Probably. Like the, one of the teams that we probably thought had a massive influence, like a positive influence from this is Heroic when they had Hunden. Like, I think all of us thought, like, okay, Hunten's probably calling quite a bit and helping them out. But yeah. after his ban, and obviously he's not with them, unless he's in Cadian's closet and has, like, a <laughs> earpiece under the headset or some shit, and he's watching on his phone, um, like, nothing changed. Like, they're still the, practically the same team they were yeah. with him. So maybe, as Lander says, coaches don't have that much impact in the game. And also in the Kerrigan episode, I, I think. But that is also, as you said, that is Kerrigan uh he said like his coach does 95 90 of the work outside of matches like in scrims and preparation and stuff like that and then the matches rarely the coach that does something that wins or loses the game right it's the in-game leader and the players I so yeah yeah coaches just get the blame that's all
2: yeah I like yeah that. <laughs> i ultimately think that the more limitations you you put on people The less variance, there's going to be the less experimenting and stuff like that. And that's always going to only hurt the teams. It's not going to help. You know, if the teams, like if it actually does hurt people, like like Launders is saying, like a certain team doesn't really uh, get anything or it actually hurts them from having a six guy, you know, talking over them, they're going to figure that out. Like, it's not going to, it's not like they're going to be oblivious to that, 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 okay, it's probably not a good idea to have like a six guy uh, on top of everybody else. So they're going to figure it out. And that's what the teams are good at. What actually works well. And so the more limitations you put on, the more the, the more the teams are, will be unable to experiment, experiment with this. And that's ultimately a bad thing in my eyes. Sure.
0: sure. Okay, well, let's leave it there. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break, guys. We'll be back in a minute. And we'll be getting into the broadcast stuff. And that's where I'm going to lose my shit. So hang around all right we're back thank you for bearing with us uh we are going to be getting stuck into the broadcast stuff now this is actually where launders you kicked it off talking about blast and obviously have the most first-hand experience with them over uh the first event they did earlier in the year and now the stuff that they're putting on in the in the second half of the year um so i I wouldn't mind diving in there we'll stick with blast we'll talk about all the things that they did that were good all the things that we think could have done better and then we'll go through the other tos but um you were saying uh talking about moving everybody to the studio and all that kind of stuff and now having it in more of a offline I- environment, which is kind of, I guess, what we're doing over here with the ESL stuff as well. Yeah. Uh, the I made a tweet uh, regarding the blast broadcast at one point. I was talking about like their content, uh, the player cams, the the mic'd up segments. All of those things were were really positive. Is there anything like from that list that that you that really stood out to you?
3: No, that's 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 it. I think I think um, one thing they've done really well is like you could start the broadcast at the beginning of the day and then watch through and not feel like you're just getting the same, either the same music or the same content or the fluff pieces or the same whatever. And it was only two games, and so I felt like it's it was one of the best, most digestible broadcasts of the year. I feel like this last uh, fall. The only thing that was a problem that Blast needs to change right now is that the format with the premiere like fall series and spring series means that. The final match might be inconsequential. Like both teams could get past the showdown. And as a caster, I fucking hate that. Like, sorry, am I allowed to swear? As much as as we good? Okay. So uh, the only thing is for me. Like, I'll sit down for the finals match and I'll be like, Astralis, Vitality, sweet. And then I'm like, well, they're actually both good right now. Like, what? Like, how I have to. I don't want to look stupid casting my heart out when they are sitting in their you know at their computers laughing devices playing with this dog and shit. you know like <laughs> I, I don't know how much they care and i don't want to come out of that match feeling stupid for caring a lot sure that uh, i did is there any um, off of this prof so we're going to dive into
0: those points a little bit more the good stuff but is it is there i think we're all probably in agreement that blast have done the best job this year with the with the situation
1: Yeah, I think they had just like an overall, they, they managed to take that LAN experience that they had for the, for the group stage at the beginning of the year and transfer it to the online, to online pretty, pretty well. It felt like the same product, almost didn't really feel like you missed, especially because those group stages had like 20 people or like 50 people in the audience. So the audience wasn't a big part of that. It was the show, the, the mix of all of these, like small content pieces, interviews, uh, interviews before, live interviews, then the desk, then like matches and everything had like a very nice flow. So it wasn't the best experience ever that we ever had. But this watching this online was, I think, the the best online experience that we had. That's actually
3: that was actually a uh, concerted effort to prepare in case uh, Corona got a lot bigger. Yeah. And the um at the, the spring series they had the small groups of people because they thought there might be a world where in this year that we might not be able to have full-on stadium events if things get worse so they went with the smaller studio feel and it was nice i liked it striker just so we make
0: sure we're all in, i don't want to put words in people's mouths here but which which did you think was the best event or best no, to 100% put on event
2: 100 percent agree I, yep. actually i wanted to one more event that i kind of wanted to point point and it's more because it's novelty and it's something new, and that doesn't really reflect on OESL's broadcast being bad per se. Yeah. It's just something that that was new, with it, which was Flashpoint, um, which has been Flashpoint so far. You know that the, the way they've been doing things has also, also been kind of new and kind of fun. Um, you know them having like certain content pieces around like the Freiburg one, where they literally just went out, went out to to his place and and did like a like what values to do with their player profiles and stuff like that, like that. And obviously, even just the, the way that they structured the broadcast where they have like sort of differing segments where they have like the bar and like, you know, stuff like that. They just have have a lot of new content that was kind of fun to see. And it's it's a lot because it's new and I, because I haven't seen it that I liked it. Obviously, like if, if I keep seeing this all the time, I'm not going to be as as um, as good about it. But it's still it was still fun.
0: I, I haven't had the opportunity to watch too much Flashpoint because it's normally been on at the same time as the ESL stuff. Yeah. I've watched like some of their openers uh, before our broadcast goes live, just especially when the Cloud9 hype is going on. Um, So I've tuned into some bits and bobs of it, I haven't seen the live show, I see they're mixing casters around and stuff, and they obviously have that massive desk with that big back screen and they have these funny skits which just ended up on the front page of Reddit as well. Um, But we'll we'll dig into the Flashpoint stuff a little bit deeper but let's stick with Blast for a second, um, just because a lot of people maybe aren't too familiar with all the good stuff that we're pointing out here. one of the key things which I really liked about what Blast have done is is with those uh, player cameras and having everybody. I guess it's enforced within the rules to to have a camera up for everybody, right? But their use in timeouts or um, in in reactions. Uh, set up perfectly so the the clip happens you see the highlight uh maybe apex wins a one-on-four you see apex fucking standing up like a madman screaming it's like oh sick and then you see the guy that he beat in the one-on-one or whatever and he's just there like fucking frustrated like hitting the desk you get you're getting the story and i actually think right now this goes from almost all the tos actually um the player actually it does for all the player camps in bedrooms um, it's been really good to show a bit more raw emotion because if you're in your own environment, uh, you're not on a stage, you're actually technically in your most comfortable place, right? So I feel we've been getting a lot of like more organic reactions.
3: Can I That's- just say something on that? Yeah. Players buy a fucking good webcam. Stop using your <laughs> iPhones in portrait mode. <laughs> if there's something your your own orgs can teach you right now, is there's this $100 piece of equipment that you can use can create some of the most value for you as a player at the moment like don't take that for granted i don't want to see this every time i watch a player (laughs) a one-on-four situation jw i want to make sure that you get like the full clear picture for the to's cam on all the time i mean it is charming when art slams his desk and his webcam falls off as long as he (laughs) fixes it that's cool but that is seriously that moment at the end of a round that takes you out of the fact that we're online that is one of the biggest things that bridges the gap between a game that which is a sport where you don't see people's faces on the player models you don't see their real reactions to an actual LAN environment where we can have that so serious like if you're an org fucking work with logitech build a gold c922 or something like that made of real fucking gold give it to all of your players so they care about it and take care of it give them a mic stand and put it on their face and make sure it never leaves there because that is such an important part of the broadcast right now
0: Yeah, and I just want to push this a little bit more because um, I know that a lot of players out there will probably listen to this. Go don't like having the webcam on. It makes counter-strike feel laggy, man. Well, now, if you're in one of these countries where your internet and infrastructure is not great, I'm not going to argue with you. You can have that. I'm used to shit internet. But if you're from the Nordic region, which a shitload of you motherfuckers are, and I'm from a place where internet is shit. Australia, the internet is shit. In Europe, anywhere I have been, the internet has been significantly better. You all make a lot of money. We all know how much money you make. Grab yourself a little PC or you probably got a free laptop or something like that and plug in it to a different PC on a different thing. So you're not going to get your lag. You're not going to have to worry about that bullshit. And then there's no problems. And then we all win. So you get launders, gets his cameras. You guys don't want have to worry about lag and everybody's cool. So let's just work out how to come up with that, that middle ground, which should just be investing money. It's not, shouldn't be too hard for you guys to do. It's the one thing I know you have, and we can go from there. Um, So the other thing that was really quite nice, I thought was the mic'd up segment. Now that must be in the deals with these teams and Blast because um, teams obviously don't want want information given away. Now, uh, Striker, are you cool with it? Like if there's somebody who used to be like a semi-professional Counter-Strike player or is just really quite versed in Counter-Strike, listening to the comms and then putting these clips together, like not somebody involved in the broadcast or anything like that, but the the type of stuff that you saw Blast put out, did, did, did you think it ever crossed the line?
2: um not that i can remember at this point i feel like sure there were certain certain things that maybe teams wouldn't want out there just because like there was like a small argument or whatever like that but i don't think that's really a problem that's more like that's more a problem for pe- people's brands rather than the team like hurting the team or whatever and i feel like you know they to a degree they signed their brand to the organizer so they have to, to a level that, that they can kind of play around with it and and utilize that right so i'm definitely okay with like small little bits and pieces like that uh, where it obviously doesn't it doesn't really show how you know a team goes okay i saw that in the demo just fucking do that and it, it's going to work against this team specifically as long as you don't do these these kinds of things where it's clear that they called something because they spotted something in a demo or they yeah. called something because that's a tendency or whatever like that it's fine yeah, I, I mean, mean clutch reactions do- are
1: great yeah if we're doing the the, the mic top only for like the winning moments i don't really think that's Interesting that that much. Like, uh, this those are just like, oh yeah, yeah, you you won, and they're like, yeah, it's like, like th- there's no point in doing that. Like, if you aren't gonna give some information up, then these segments aren't gonna be cool. And then yeah. there's always gonna be a thin line where you have to be careful. I don't think we had any outrageous stuff, even though like, I feel like everything that we had was somehow connected to phase in the last two years, even back to when one of Yanko's clips, was, I think it was like Blast delay or something Yeah, when they put that out. And uh, allegedly at that time, they didn't have anything uh, agreed and Yanko was mad. And then we had the Coldzera, uh, I I don't have anything prepared for Dust2 against Big. Like that's a clip that if you aired it after the series, it would be perfectly fine. Mid-series, not that good because someone from Big is watching that stream is going to see that and is going to say that to the the players and the players are going to, even though that doesn't really affect how phase is going to play it's going to affect big's confidence right so then they can play differently uh like yeah. we need to be just just a bit more careful i think I... but but it should be a part of the broadcast in my opinion
3: this is something i want to yell about as well because <laughs> a hill i want to die on is the fact that for th- for things to go farther in a general sense land online anything for counter strike it's bridging the gap for an analyst to not have to introduce so much conjecture into cent- into segments when they can just reference what was actually said the ability to listen into comms the ability to have comms come into the broadcast at tasteful moments is a good thing and moving forward we don't want to get into a spot where e- even TOs should not have to reason with the teams that are partnered to play at their events to use their comms as long as they are going to you know when they need to walk it back like Blast maybe made a mistake with the Cold Zero clip that was a small one there was no bad intentions there of course but you know, maybe that's debatably something that shouldn't have been there. Maybe it was the timing specifically, but having that clip for later would have been great. It would have been a moment that would have won cold Zara fans. That wouldn't have been a big deal because who the fuck has strats on Dust2 anyway? It would have been a moment that you could, like, people could follow up with and and just, like, and again, it's all about creating fans, right? We're all part of an entertainment product. The players themselves might be trying to be the best at their craft and you know introduce like some mastery into their lives and really understand what it you know like achieve all these personal goals but they're doing it on a stage for us to watch it's it's forever and for us to talk about as broadcast talent for fans to watch and for you know people to make money that way that's how they make their money so they can have their own personal reasons but everyone has to understand this is a greater entertainment product sponge you say it all the time it's such an important point Like everyone needs to have just a lesson on this because there should be credence for that fact. And one of the only ways to move forward when we talk about broadcasts and how they haven't changed that much over the years. Well, part of the reason is because that is the next frontier is to try to bring more personality and more of the behind the scenes stuff from the players into the broadcast. And I honestly, it's really not a game where if you do, if you sat in on a whole scrim, if Big sat in on a whole phase scrim, that wouldn't mean, it wouldn't, predicate them being able to beat them in the next match i think maybe in that situation yes like it would give them an advantage but seriously when we're listening to the comms at blast there is so much stuff that's done in preparation and stuff that you can see from the live game or the last game that they played that the bigs coach should be doing that'll give you all the same details about how they're going to play in their next game 90 percent of the stuff is there already the comms are mostly to engage the audience and and help us reaffirm things. Or if we're not the coach of big and we're just on a broadcast and trying to explain something to a fan, it gives us the ability to not have to research every single team individually in the same way that uh, Toby might do for face or whatever it is, right? But this information is all available and the pro team should know basically everything about each other in this regard, apart from a few things. You don't want to catch players saying anything like, you know, in the heat of the moment, that's kind of emotional, and yeah. they might, might might not mean it. That should be avoided. Some of the tactical stuff after the game's over, it's not a big deal, man. It's just it would be cool to know. You know, getting Alexi B's mid-rounding that was one of the most magical moments this year. I feel like of anything, it's created storylines from that moment about Alexi B. It's created narratives about Alexi B. We know how much influence he has on the team. We can really credit a lot of what OG is to Alexi B. In this calling, but we wouldn't have known that if we didn't have that listen in. And there's just so much. I feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg right now. There's so much more there that you can grab. And what was the, what was the mid-round from Alexi B? He's dead. His three teammates are in market retaking B on Mirage. Okay, Montu, I want you to go out to bench. I want Issa to come out of the window, look right. And I want Valda to hold get right. Everybody go and try to be quick. What is that, what is that going to give you? Every yeah. team does that. That's nothing specific, but it was pure gold. So we it's can a, find more of that
0: it's a mid-round situation that you've just pointed out there and and I, that whole rant is, is bang on right and i think that the last point of that i'll just pick up there those mid-round situations are happening almost every round right so um there's so much little stuff that you can take from each and the nuance to that exact situation which normally is not replicated in game after game so um i I think here that there's obviously a a bit of room for that for for us to experiment with going forward so hopefully uh other tos not just Blast are able to have some deals with the with their teams their partner teams flashpoint has partner teams esl have partner teams they could definitely make this work and they need to get a bit more pushy because certain tos have been pussyfooting around with the players now uh i'm gonna i'm gonna put this out there right like because we're gonna segue into this anyway but ESL, like in the last couple of years, ever since 2016, when they were like the bane of existence, like everybody was just hating on ESL. Reddit was constantly just a hate page for ESL every single day of the week. And we're actually getting back there now. So um, they're deciding to feel what that feels like again. But it, back then, it, after that, after they learned, after they started, you know, putting more focus on the events and, and making things better and, and appeasing um, different players and teams and parts of the community and stuff the whole narrative shifted but ESL have now done a great job on not in recent times I will admit but up until this online stuff they were the best tournament organizer I don't think there's too many people who could could argue that they were putting on the best events the most consistent events the biggest events um the players would always when I would speak to them say that ESL were their favorite events um but they've lent too far into appeasing the players and, and that and now they need to take a little bit back. They need to take a little bit back here and they need to go, no, we are doing this. We are going to use your voice comps, you know, would we, like you put it, Launders, they need to be tasteful about it, but they need to shift back in that way, a little way um, to, to be able to put on a better product. Now we need to start sharing this responsibility as a community. Um, and I, I want to leave off with the blast stuff, just talking about some of their shoulder content that they were doing, like the the skin stuff that you're involved in. Was it skin Survival Launders? Is that what it's called?
3: yeah scrawny was stuck he he, like couldn't get on a flight because of a a corona test and then had to come back come in a little bit later so i took over that for him but that was his idea and then he was supposed to do like 20 of those basically okay yeah so
0: that kind of stuff right there is so simple but it was like engaging i found myself like uh sitting on the floor because i've set my place up as like a living room sitting on the floor watching the games of counter-strike with blast and i'm actually invested like i'm watching somebody pick a skin and i'm like no that skin's fucking ugly like what are you doing <laughs> like like even i was invested in that and then i th- this is like I- i'm watching every day part of these broadcasts and i'm still was in so i think they did a really good job but i think what facilitated that was blast still probably spent just as much money as they would have if this was lander online now obviously they're flying teams out playing for hotels but they're from their production i wasn't there but i'm going to hazard a guess they still had a proper production truck and shit i'm going to say that's probably not the case for a lot of the other tos at the moment um because you're going to sit there and go well how how do you justify that level of investment right but blast have, have they've come to play and that's why they put on such a, a well refined thing also by not running uh 12 weeks of broadcast over a 13 week stint they've not made their their broadcast look old i'm sure if if blast ran just as many events back to back as what esl just did people would probably get fed up with it too because it's hard to produce content for 12 weeks out of 13 weeks which is what esl have done right i've worked every single one of it's those not events. Hard. it's not yeah dude I, like right now, me and Machine, we go on every day and we're just like, OK, um, we need to be funny. And Alex and I don't have anything to fucking be funny about anymore because we see each other every day. It's like there's... you have no
3: content in your daily lives. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it's just the games now. Right. So we can now move. Probably, Do we have anything else we want to talk about with, with last guys before we, we move forward? We to ah. just to leave it there maybe
2: maybe just yeah. one thing regarding the comms just to touch on something that laundry said and about like heat of the moment kind of stuff i don't know if you've ever watched formula formula one but they have like literally all the comms are publicly available so you oh, can really. hear like you know when when they don't even have to crash into each other there's like a problem in the free practice where one guy doesn't let the other guy through and max or is there like just shouting at the guy fuck off you idiot and stuff nice. like that so it's like I feel like even the heat of the moment stuff is kind of okay. If you say like, what the, what the fuck is this guy doing at the game? You know, and stuff like that. I feel like that'd be completely fine.
3: Yeah. I mean, media train them a little bit. So they don't use the wrong swear words. Maybe, yeah. you can't do, maybe, maybe, you, weird can't names do all, maybe you can do all comms with F1, but maybe not NASCAR. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> There's some certain terms and boxes that are called things that uh, probably wouldn't go down too well if that was all, all out and about for people to hear. But this is where I'm going to get mad. Um, Okay. So let's see how, how much I can contain myself. Um, so, you guys at home have uh, been relatively critical of, of ESL on social media over some, some things being shit. Um, You're not paying
3: for anything, by the way. No, that's You're all right. Goddamn
0: dollar. I don't mind that they've been critical because okay. some of the things that they're complaining about, I also have been internally complaining about. Um, the, the fact that, in multiple occasions over the last 12 weeks of broadcast, uh, that rounds and games were ruined uh, by somebody playing the wrong reaction because of the delay feed, which we do just to contextualize this, I'll be the good guy. Uh, the reason that the streams are on such a long delay is so that there's no stream sniping and that apparently there is a difference you know, with the two different feeds, so syncing them up uh, can be difficult. Now, to me, that translates to somebody not concentrating. Um, that's me. I'm going to put it there. Somebody not concentrating is why that happened. And if you guys watched the broadcast while I was on them and I saw that happen, I'm sure you saw that happen. You could probably tell in my tone and inflection that I was not a fucking happy chappy because when it's the last round of a potential 16, 14 or overtime game, and then a reaction ruins the game. How like I know how shit that is for you guys watching. Imagine how shit it is for me trying to hype you guys at home up. Now I know the outcome and now I have to sit here and pretend that the whole game wasn't fucking ruined. It happened not only with player reactions, at least over these 12 weeks of broadcast, at least five times. Now, not necessarily ruining games, but ruining rounds. And that was dating all the way back into the earlier events within August. And then there was also audio operators who I don't know whose fault it was, but it was someone's fault who played the audio cue to the round win music around early, right? So once again. Games ruined by that. I've seen you guys complaining about um, audio not being like synced or multiple soundtracks being played over on top of each other or, you know, mics being left open or closed off too early or that kind of stuff. All that shit. Don't you worry. I've been fucking verbalizing that as well because it is me every day who have to go and work in those conditions. And that's not putting on a good product, right? Like for, for me to, I want to deliver you guys the best Counter-Strike you can. And I want to watch the best Counter-Strike that I can because I'm just going out there to watch CS. That's kind of what happens that my mouth gets to talk. That's the only thing. So We've done a lot of things pretty cool. Like, I I think the green screen studio was actually cool. But now that you guys have seen it the whole time, it's probably not that cool. Um, We have stuff on our broadcast that none of the other TOs do. Uh, We have, in the middle of games, I can jump into a Telestrator or a Skybox PC and break shit down literally live as it's happening on a lot of different stuff. I have a computer available to me at all time where I can make clips. Um, At the moment, obviously, it's just me and machine. So it's been quite difficult to manage that workload because not only are we interviewing the players, casting the games, and doing the desk segments, um, it's very difficult to do that on a consistent basis as much as it is an easier job than plumbing. Yes, I know. um, Some people's jobs are harder. Uh, This is why things maybe are not looking as good as they should. But the frustrations have been felt. I've read them. I've fucking felt it. I have verbalized this. And uh, I want to tell you things will be better, uh, but I'm not in control of those things. So I hope that it does get better because my future is, if you guys have seen with tweets and all that kind of stuff about looking for other jobs and uh, and working in other fields, it, I really like broadcasting and doing what I do. But if things don't get better within the way that I'm working uh, and with the things that I'm doing, I'm going to fuck off because I want to feel like I can contribute to something. And if I can't contribute to something in a positive way, uh, and I think that if we continue running 12 weeks of broadcast over a 13-week stint, we are actually hurting Counter-Strike and that is the one thing in this world that I actually love, uh, then what the fuck am I doing? I'm contributing to the problem. So that's my little bit of a rant done. Um, otherwise, I so think is,
1: that... is ESL now running essentially like a not a fully like full eco production, but like a half by production at the moment? Like, is, this, is that the reason why this is happening? Because it's it, not a
0: it's not an offline event where they would have a have a truck, right? At, when we do the events at arenas, we have a fucking truck. We have a production truck. We don't have a production truck. It would it'd be impossible. It would it would cost more money than it's worth to have a production truck sitting there for the thirteen weeks or the twelve weeks or whatever, right? Like that's yeah, that's the money part, right? It's okay. just ahead, insane. Uh, I, I don't know where I was going to go with this. I was just kind of answering Prof's question. So you can jump in. Go for it.
2: No, no, no. I was just wondering if like, I, I imagine there's a lot fewer people working on the broadcast essentially.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Then there would be in an arena for sure. Right. I will say I'm not, not
2: even just in an arena, but just like, even if it was like a group stage uh, type thing, you know, at, at a normal tournament, you know, I would assume that there's still a lot fewer people working on the online broadcast at this point.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, like we used to do it back when I started in 2016 it's similar it's similar probably to like the the workforce we have there um like I obviously can't dive into too much stuff I don't want to get i I don't want to be saying things I shouldn't be saying I probably already did say too much but this but- is
2: i i just i just want to say like to a degree there's like a defense to this which is obviously that you know people have to be a little bit more concerned about money and and having to be be a bit more economic uh, with with what's going on so to a degree, this makes sense, right? But obviously, like mistakes uh, are not going to be tolerated very well. It does, it does
3: come back to less is more with yes. this, where like if you like say for example, Blasts have a short broadcast, but they do have like the full production in a thing. And if they consider this a, a successful product, why can't other events do that same thing, less time but more quality? And just and even if it was all quality, like you're saying with ESL, one of the most refined broadcasts in in Counter Strike, like has everybody borrows from each other and ESL has kind of like set the set the tone for like what the standard should be at this point but if you do 12 weeks in a row eventually people will just get tired of seeing the same yellow and green the same branding packages all of that stuff it's just inevitable so it's like almost shooting yourself in the foot and and kind of working on borrowed time to do too much at once and it feels like that was kind of the main issue for ESL but overall like if like you're saying if there's only a week or two every month Or every other month or whatever it is then the quality would look a lot better and maybe esl could put more resources into that time as well to make sure that production flubs don't happen and to your point about the replay thing i think sometimes player cam reactions are not always accurate at events but it's weird that like you were saying i think there was an mibr match where it was like i was kind of surprised it's like esl caught like the one round that kng was not jumping out of his seat screaming and i was thinking like even if it's not the correct reaction, why couldn't they have just gotten a... It, it's already incorrect, so why didn't they just find one that was incorrect but better? Does that make sense? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, the, yeah. the, the other point here is, the, obviously, we've all heard about ads playing um, on the stream. Now, I am, once again, not going to pretend like I know where this problem is. Apparently, from the people who are meant to know, they say it's a Twitch issue. But here's my next problem with this. If it is a Twitch issue, ESL... Right and Twitch have a pretty good relationship, as far as I'm concerned. Didn't you make, just make a tweet about this the other day, Prof? Or was that Mira I was reading?
1: Uh, no, they're they're doing a like they, they already signed a exclusivity deal for 2021, and of course at that time everyone was rejoicing because oh, uh, Which, CS is on Twitch, yeah. we won't go to Facebook again, blah blah. And now the end of the year is coming, and I feel like I mean the stats are showing that more and more people are watching on YouTube and. I like YouTube. the ads are one of the <laughs> YouTube's great.
3: <laughs> it's amazing. I one don't, the, I don't watch with
1: yeah. chat anymore,
3: anything. So I'm all about YouTube, honestly.
1: Yeah. And you can just rewind and you can't clip the clip is the only thing that I'm missing on YouTube, just so I can share stuff yeah. with other people. I love but stealing content for too. watching myself. It's amazing. Well, uh, uh, yeah, that's a deal. They obviously but, have a deal anyway, even though it's not exclusive right now, they have some, some sort of a partnership, right?
0: But we'd assume that that's a big deal, right? We'd assume that's like a multi-million dollar deal. I don't know. I'm just guessing, I guess. Yeah. Okay. To, to so let's, big, assume yeah. that one of, let's assume that one of the largest companies in all of esports running competitive events, ESL, has a multi-million dollar with the, a deal with the largest streaming platform uh, in the world, which they do. How the fuck do they not already have it figured the fuck out to not play fucking ads during a fucking game? The fact that that happened on multiple days is absolute insanity. And I do not know if it is still happening now, but why somebody is not on the phone to somebody at Twitch within the high ups and saying, turn this shit off on my stream right now. How has that not happened? How has that not happened? I am losing my mind with this stuff because I actually work on this fucking product and I try and ask these questions. So it seems so simple, right? And I'm sorry that I'm mad about this, we're trying to present something for the viewers at home and this is fucking up the viewer, the, the viewer experience. How are we letting it happen? How are we letting it happen? Why are we not fixing it? Why is it not? Oh, let me just send a fucking email to the people that we just negotiated a potential multi-million dollar deal with to fix a problem that shouldn't be happening. The Twitch say shouldn't be happening, the ESL say shouldn't be happening, but it's still fucking happening. Why is that so difficult? Like it, it, it should not be difficult. Where is the conversation point? Uh, hello, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Twitch is ESL. Oh, what's going on? Uh, you guys seem to have left the feature on that plays ads during our game. Uh, can you turn that off? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's just do that. Bang, done. Obviously, there's a few more steps. I'm not fucking ignorant to that. But how has it happened over multiple days? Like, how is this? How has this made it to the point where it, it's it's happened to? In the overtimes of one of the most epic series that I think me and Alex did, where there's ads playing in the overtime of that, where I think Crims, after, after fucking config goes ham and gets a crazy 3K spray down on quad, and then Crims wins a one on four with this crazy flick onto the head of JKS and apartments on Inferno, and half of you motherfuckers miss it live because they're watching the same ad three
1: times. <laughs> like, how amazing. is that happening? Jack it's Ryan now
3: on Amazon Prime.
1: Oh, like, uh, yeah. No, for me, it's just VHL every time. Yes, just the HL. just the HL. just
2: Croatia Life, man. <laughs> because you know you, know you, know that you that. advertising
1: in so no one it's, cares about us. It's
0: right. not okay, right? It's I, ruthless, I, I, yeah. The excuse is is fine the first time. It's not fine the next ten, right? Like uh, I'm sorry, it's it's not fine the next ten times. I I I I, 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 I am. I wish i knew what, whose,
3: i wish i knew whose fault it was i don't know like what's going on there like what wasn't it one of the issues that like the ads would play longer than the break was
1: i got no idea man like, something I, like I, that. I, I can't or, remember the last
3: randomly now is that what's going on
1: that now that every every embedded stream so let's say you go on hltv and watch it through on twitch but embedded on the on the match page that is counted like a non something view on twitch and that is the same as you as if you had an ad block on, so then they kind of force you to watch more ads. So we get ads like every 15 minutes if you're watching an embedded stream on any website, wow. so you go okay. to like live.eslproleague.com or whatever. And if it's embedded there, you also get forced ads all the time. On their so website. Wow. Okay. That it just like killed any embedded stream almost like it's no, no point watching Twitch streams like that, unless they change something. But that was like from a week ago or something when I saw saw the post. I wish I could yell about this. Is I it still really happening? I have not yeah.
0: noticed.
3: Okay.
1: Well, if it's no longer
0: happening, then yeah, my rant either. is pointless. But I the fact that I page, keep so. the fact that I keep reading like threads and shit, because like I am my own worst critic, There's your first I... problem. Yeah, but I'm my own <laughs> critic. Like I want to go and yeah. see what the worms of the internet hate about me. Like that's what I'm looking for. Like that that that's the thing. Like I, I want to know why what is the verbiage this guy hates me saying so that I can now get mad about it and still not change, right? Like if it, if it's still if it's still happening and it's a you know problem... how it
3: is, right? Okay, the way that they'll do it is they'll they'll see something once, that and then they'll exaggerate the amount of time that that happened once, yes. and then they'll multiply it over the course of a year when they only watched it happen once for a shorter period of time. And then they'll put the comment there so that they can say they watch everything and that this is a big deal when actually they don't watch a lot and it was a small deal. Yeah, it's for them, not for. It's not. It's not to actually share fair criticism. It's for them to be a part of the conversation.
1: Well, look. Uh, <laughs> I, are we going to get back on track with this yeah episode? yeah because yeah now we're talking
0: about Twitch ads and <laughs> sorry. Like... I've, I've kind of taken us off track here. now uh, in terms of what esl have done obviously they've offered up a lot of content uh, of just matches to watch so i'm sure that like the betting companies and viewers at home who don't have anything to do are very happy with that right that they get to tune in and they get to watch just counter-strike around the clock um uh, but in terms of like a broadcast standpoint uh, how do we think they have fared uh, compared to Blast? we got blasters number one do we think that anybody like obviously flashpoint I haven't watched enough of to have um a a fair critique of their broadcast so i need you guys to kind of chime in here
2: I mean I with flashpoint I generally am not a big fan of the talent um of the lineup just because like some of these um um, some of the people are relatively new and it's kind of, it kind of shows, especially to Counter-Strike. Um, and I'm not just talking about Monty, who's obviously kind of like a big, big guy in charge. He's definitely had a lot of good ideas, but it's just something that, that, you know, certain things that he's not used to and stuff like that. So like, but outside of the talent, the, the broadcast is actually really well put together. I uh, think like back, back yeah.
1: at the start of the quarantine, I think you guys at SL had a couple of good events. I don't know if it was like pro league or something where the. The banter levels and just like the props and everything was like on a very high level. That was, was all.
0: Think, that was all us, by the way. That was like, all yeah. me, machine, course, but, and Henry. Just, it was,
1: it was yeah. good. It was like it was a good place, I guess. It, even though the broadcast itself maybe didn't have like it was maybe inverse of what Flashpoint is right now, because Flashpoint has maybe not the, all of the best talent maybe some of the best talent, but like a lot of people that are just like kind of new and everything, but they have a good flow. They have a lot of these like small segments, Mm. some like, let's say 60 second interviews, instead of just having an interview, they just kind of gamify stuff. They make like small, like they had the comparisons of like best teams from like all times, just all of these like small, interesting game-like things. Uh, And on the other, other hand, like those ESL events, I think that was like pro league season 11, you just like just threw threw in people that had like a lot of energy and just did things and that also worked. So I think that was also a pretty, pretty good event, but then I don't even remember what exactly event it was because we had like seven same events after that from, yeah, it it just blurs
2: together so much
0: it went like, I think it was like pro league into the RMR into, or I don't know the exact order. New York. But yeah. yeah. Uh, the most recent ones, the, like most recently it went, uh, Cologne into pro league, into New York, into 10 days off, into Beijing. And then after Beijing, there's 20 days off and then it's Club challenge. Oh, yeah. Um, but that, that drag on period here, the second time round, I think it was felt a lot more because, you know, there was other people who have done, stuff since then like obviously that first stint that you were talking about there prop prof, where it was me henry machine um as the first duo, and then we had uh, trace hugo and harry as the others um like there was a lot more energy and we everyone was in this mess and we were kind of put in we got kicked out of hotels and we we're all in this together we were experiencing for the first time the lethargy of, of of what the fuck is happening with coronavirus we're all putting this house together it's almost like we're in a fraternity like um all that kind of stuff happened back then but then blast happened after it um there was other there was other events happening as well who were doing things better uh and, and it doesn't look like too much had changed from ESO so when we came into the second stint so probably that's where we're seeing a lot of holes um but launders you can probably attest to this and i feel uh that the viewers at home maybe don't get this but now that we're not in arenas uh, mm-hmm. and we don't have direct contact with the players that there has now been a much more of an onus and a, a lot more of um from the TO perspective looking towards the the broadcast talent and got, and kind of realizing that we have more value than what than what previously because now we're not just there filling out a job we're actually a huge core component of the entertainment um in lieu of having these players available do you feel the same thing or maybe blast if yeah. you haven't had to do this
3: yeah yeah no absolutely i mean yeah i mean i've always felt well treated with blast um i understand they get a lot of heat like they've always gotten a lot of heat but um my personal experience is just like i have just that i think they're great people and like i've just never had a bad i just really love them to be honest so i i think they've done a great job from that regard um but yeah as broadcast talent as a whole i mean it's been very clear that like i mean a lot of us for this year we're just going to treat it like a boot camp right i'm sure you're kind of the same mind like while this is online we're going to do this as well as possible and we're going to pretend there's an audience right behind us in our rooms and we're going to yell as loud as we can and then we did that and then It's just that you just cannot do that for so long, man. Like for so long, like watching you guys, like I was was watching like Harry, Hugo and Stunna, I think do I am New York finals. One of the best of five finals that, and after a final that happened last week and it was just did not feel like it at all. And I did not put that on the circumstance. I didn't put that on the prize. I didn't put that on the prestige at anything. I didn't put that on the talent. I just put that on the fact that you guys had to do so much, like, It's literally becoming like an acting competition to see how you can fake it enough for the fans at home. Like, And it it obviously shouldn't be like that. It's never gonna be a picture-perfect world where you're gonna be casting every game you want to all the time. Everyone knows that, but we are running on like low energy at all times when we have to do a stint that long. And it's this one that's been magnified with Corona, with online and with just the frequency and how tight, there's no breaks. There's no like, there's no breaks at all. So I just felt like at that point, I was like, man, the only thing that could make this better is if there was just less, like less, even if God, yeah, listen, 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 this is something I've also been thinking about is that in Counter-Strike, we have the longest best of ones of any game. I think any game out there, I went and looked at a bunch of the VODs uh, of different games. I looked at the League of Legends worlds that just happened. They had three semifinals games. And in MOBAs, they tinker with the meta to change the length of the game. So like games can more reliably end at like 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Their three three matches in the semifinals games were between 30 and 45 minutes. I did a Valorant broadcast with Blast recently and that's game's like brand new. So there's not like all these tech pauses and different things that come in. Those games were 40 minutes because they're MR12 and then 50 with a desk in total. And then we look at uh, the Counter-Strike games from Blast as well. They were on average 30 rounds without the desk segments from end to end one hour and 10 minutes just for the 30 rounds, not an OT is an extra 10 minutes, which there are more consistently OTs because of the economy changes. And then with a desk, which you have to have, which there's always going to be a desk on tier one events at, at for every match nowadays. An hour 30. So an hour 30 with a death segment, just one death segment, not the one before, and the match itself, because of all of the changes that have happened over time, one best of one takes an hour and a half. That means a two best of three broadcast can take three hours, and, or sorry, eight hours. And ESL's broadcasts I was looking at were 13 fucking hours, 14 hours. And I know you guys are there for 90% of that broadcast. Host, analyst, Are and are obviously there the whole time. And I guess that's what you guys are now too. So you guys are there from beginning to end. And then production, they have to come earlier. Call time, you have to come earlier. That's like 16 fucking hours in one day. And there were back-to-back days where broadcasts were that long. And I really feel like it snuck up on us a little bit how long the games have gotten. But that's become a real issue that one fucking best of one is over an hour long. Now, we actually
0: did a Game Changer episode on the length of the games earlier in the year, right, uh, Striker? And our takeaways from that were certain things to adjust. Like, what were some of the key points we had? Like, reducing um, uh, the t- the timeout so you can't take the timeout and then freeze time keeps going? Uh, like yeah, yeah. that's, a, that's a
1: small thing. But I mean, the, the the biggest, like, bonus on the length of the games was after the, mat- the timer round and the bomb timer were yes. extended back... 2015, 16. yeah, yeah. That, that's what boosted like 10, 15 minutes on the games. And on average, we we have the stats. I think we, I think in an average, like best of one now last 55 minutes overall at, at the majors. That was the average that we ha- had. And then people said, oh, that is because whatever, because more technical issues or it doesn't even matter. Like freeze time is mad. long. We
2: had so many technical issues at the early majors,
1: a lot of pauses, a lot of it just the matches are so fucking long and I com- completely agree. It's very hard to, to have a, uh, like succinct experience of watching a best of three. Even if it goes the, the all three maps, like two maps. Yeah. Anyone can watch that, but the longer it goes, I I feel like that is a problem for casual viewers and for myself, even like, I want to watch two matches today. That's literally the whole day. Almost like you get in the morning, you get up, you do some sh- shit. The matches start at 3. PM They end at 10 PM. So that's. Literally, that's literally the, you're done. You're done after that. I'm yeah. too old. I can't go up to like 2 a.m. and watch the NA match as well. It's, it's must be fun.
3: real. A lot of people are getting up and, and walking around the house and doing some chores and like having the game on and tuning in when machine has like a great reaction to something or when you, if there's like a moment that you want to shine a spotlight on, you have an analyst segment. That's when I come back. So this is, I'm, okay, I'm just talking about me, right? I'm just like literally walking around the house, listening for these key moments. Like I watch the broadcast and also, Chad, you guys did really great these past couple of days. I didn't notice any of the ad stuff. I genuinely loved it. And there was great games to help uh, with the casting and stuff to make you guys more into it or whatever. But there were great matches. I really enjoyed them. But the overall, in the terms of the time now, I cannot just sit there, stare at my one screen. First of all, who has one monitor anyway these days? And look at a broadcast and just a single best of three from beginning to end. I cannot do that. I will have it on my second monitor. I will when you do a st- when you do a, a strap breakdown, I'll look over my second monitor. When there's a great moment that just happened, I'll look over for the replay. I'll get up, I'll walk around, I'll come back. If it is the last five rounds of the best of three, I'll watch that like crazy. And I'm sure a lot of people people do that with basketball. You know, they only probably watch the last 10 minutes of game a lot of the time. Um, and that's totally fine. But it is freaking long. And if if part of the pro- the part of the product, like you're saying, with like the more more emphasis on the broadcast talent is becoming a bigger thing, well we have to be able to prioritize our mood a lot more. And even just even if we literally go do 40 minutes of cardio every morning, and like eat oatmeal, (laughs) like a super strength breakfast and like have our day planned out perfectly. And just like you said, we're getting a bit older and more organized with our time. That's great. There's still only a certain amount that we can give every day when we have to be happy too. That's part of the reason why we get paid is to be enthusiastic. That's the difference between like uh, the production job where they might be, be there longer than us and they work fucking hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm, my heart goes out to the guys that are like, they get the bad seat in the house and they're sitting beside, behind a server farm doing replays for like with hot air blowing on them for 14 hours. Like that is genuinely, And they don't have Twitter to complain about like we do. So of course we're entitled brats. I get that. We're all in this together in a bad way though. If everything was last, it would be better for everybody. I'm starting to not understand who is actually benefiting from more at this point even if if now the conversation is well if esl are doing too many broadcasts in a row for too long and now people even the viewers are upset about it who exactly does this benefit if not esl if it becomes a problem for esl because there's a list of people it definitely is bad for right now that starts with broadcast talent production and everybody that's actually involved in the broadcast is yeah that's a, that's a
1: big problem
0: i just I just want to say I get paid handsomely, so this year for me in terms of my bank balance is looking
1: fantastic but i the the <laughs> is, it, is it better than last year when you had the lens uh, actually it is for me okay even yeah, yeah the, the online
3: because things got longer, there's more work days, so the same events I was going to do ended up being longer, basically I... more days.
0: I'm tra- yeah the, i I think overall for me, I've probably done more days on broadcast this year just with the two stints than I would have previously because a big part of before was travel. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think that i I'd have to go back. I don't really check my finances. Uh, that tells you how much money I'm making. Um, so <laughs> i I would have to check,, uh, but I would say they're probably on par, probably pretty close. Um, but yeah, I, I, think here we've, we've gone, we've dug really deep into the, especially the broadcast from like a talent perspective. And, and that was always going to happen with us here, but it, we didn't talk about dream hack. Um, now I'm going to burn some bridges here. I, I don't, I don't give a fuck actually. Um, I think that dream hack have not innovated on their broadcast in probably four or five years. Um, and I think out of all of the TOs the four ones that we mentioned DreamHack, ESL, uh Blast and Flashpoint, I think that DreamHack are doing the most bottom of the barrel job probably um and I I I think like the some of the stuff that they even spent time on prioritizing on the broadcast I I, I can't I couldn't justify that if I was the boss of the company and time and resources went into building a Uh, virtual uh, like a 3d studio with some players putting their arms up in the air i would have gone i could have spent that money like somewhere else if someone did it out of their own time and they just made it and went here guys i made this cool but like if like they actually genuinely spent time doing that I, i really have to question where their priorities are um But I I I don't. Long as you've worked more DreamHack broadcasts than me this year, I don't know what you think.
3: I was I was totally disappointed with like the two companies I work for, Blast and DreamHack. Largely, they'll ask to do ESL stuff sometimes. Did a lot more in the past, but just largely. Um. But yeah, I was really disappointed that like after we did our broadcast in June, where everyone's had their first shot at it, I was pretty astounded by how much work Blast did to like make up for the fact that it wasn't Lin. But then I wasn't mad at, at uh, DreamHack for doing the masters just kind of in like, you know, whatever way they could manage, just a regular online broadcast. I understood that it was just a very difficult situation. But then to come now to DreamHack Open Fall, which was this, you know, the RMR event with like a lot of great teams, there was no production changes. There was nothing that was like fixed or updated. Uh, we like, I d- like, we just show up and we talk, but it felt like it was, there, there wasn't em- effort when we saw effort other, from other TOs um, during this time. And so it was just kind of like, it didn't feel like it, it just didn't feel like there was much app, like it doesn't feel like people cared. Um, and I'm not exactly sure why, but I, well, I do know one thing is that they just do do not want to participate in this kind of like online period. And that's why they attempted to move all their events to like, or all their land events to next year. So if the logistically they can't figure it out and they don't want to, um, that's probably the best solution, at least, you know, you're not, you know, filling up the schedule with one more thing. But I think also the RMR event was kind of forced on them because they like not, maybe not forced on them, but if valve is like, Hey, do you want to do an RMR event in August in like a month? And I know some of the schedules got moved around with both ESL and blast because of it, which was actually kind of a pain, um, that is just something you're going to do if you dream DreamHack. So maybe they weren't adequately prepared for it to come on so fast. But yeah, I feel the same way. It just, I was, I was a bit disappointed. Prof,
1: what about from your perspective? I think like, if you want to talk about who brought in more, I think Dreamhack isn't even in the conversation. You probably talk more about like PGL and even Summit from what they did. I don't think Summit did anything like technically super cool, but they did like a different approach, even like having Davy in a TV, uh, as a part of like the couch, whatever environment, I think that was fine. Um, and then PGL did like 4k streams on YouTube and had all of the classic PGL, always just pushing the technical side of, of everything, AR and stuff like that, which I, I thought looked pretty cool, but that was the Asian side of, of things. So people didn't really pay that much attention to it, but just watching a 4k stream of CS is fucking amazing. So, um, that is something that we maybe get down the line, but.
2: It's definitely not cheap, so.
0: Yeah,
1: what, what about you, Striker? Where did DreamHack, like,
0: did they do anything to you? What did you think of, of the overall?
2: I 100% agree. Like, literally outside of that, like, the virtual virtual stage or whatever, that's the only thing that they did, right? I don't think that there was anything else that we haven't really seen before or anything like that. It was just, like, a very standard broadcast where a lot of the time the casters weren't even in there in person, right? There was, like, a webcam thing, so they didn't even move to... Um, to the same to the studio setting with that Flashpoint did that you know ESL did that that um, Blast did as well. So it's like there's literally no change at all, and they they're just kind of like it seems like they're coasting. Uh,
0: so we, there was one thing, right? Obviously that that's, that that pointed out is that backdrops were were done for the Blast stuff when they had it online. You know that that you think is at a bare minimum is probably. Um, what you'd be looking for just so it's not looking into people's kitchens or fucking you know like what we're doing right now is something that we have it's very low budget right we're doing just a, an online podcast with four people this is kind of the same framework as what like a hack analyst desk would look like yeah like true. that's actually not even a word of a lie like i'm no. not trying to sound like a cunt there that's just
3: the, the truth
0: so um
3: i think I, it's I, not yeah. it looks for sure it's in a, in a in a small defense of them i don't really know like what their where their headspace is at and like how much resources they put towards counter strike but of course dream hack is like a like if anybody got hit really hard for you know not having large gatherings of people it's freaking like dream hack expos and the fact that they do like 20 games or something with they do like top level dota tournament like much bigger dota tournaments than even cs events like their dream hack or their dota events are actually like valve major events that they do in dreamhack in the same expo as a counter strike open or counter strike masters or something like that so i'm not sure like in terms of them splitting up their resources what is going on there but i think if there's one thing to say in defense of them maybe that's it that they just don't like to us dreamhack or counter strike that's probably how it started but to them it might not be a huge slice of the pie
1: I mean they are like a BYOC event overall like yeah. a festival gaming festival that's what the dream hack open is like 90% of the dream hack open then they have like a CS event in the arena somewhere
0: right sure. mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's they're obviously more festival driven and around that side of things and and this is probably for them a, a bigger adjustment because uh their masters are probably the only events that you would ever, like put on par right the opens don't even start coming into the conversation really the masters is where they put more hype into their trailers and uh, it's a bit more driven from that angle then right um so i feel i've done a good job at derailing this one uh um, yeah you did sorry everybody uh we're we're almost two hours into this lucas what time do you have to leave All right, so we're a little good. We can run over for a little <laughs> oh, bit. Uh, that's a good one. There, we, we've heard. <laughs> we've heard from Lucas. Now we know he's still with us. Um, so I, I guess we maybe need to try and summarize a little bit here of, of what we've been talking about as a whole. So I think some key takeaways is the the over. The, Let's use this as an example, and we keep we keep sucking the dick of Blast, and there's good reasons. And Blast obviously did a good job, but they also got lucky in the sense of all the storylines. Story storylines, oh my god, yeah. so lucky.
3: The timing—it's just timing. Was,
0: it was nuts how many storylines were going into EU that event. E
3: versus Na Navera, like it did I mean, stop. They, they worked
0: towards you versus Na. They, they,
2: yeah, they, they brought all. them together, so they definitely but, but had, something it had to, to that. be that.
1: Like if they if their event was like two or three months before, it wouldn't be possible probably, or a month later, someone else would do it before them.
2: Mm-hmm. If, yeah, yeah, sure, maybe.
0: Well, we would have had all those storylines if Blast didn't happen, right? We would have had, like, in the ESL broadcast, we would have had G2 to with Nico. We would have had JKS's debut event. We obviously yeah. wouldn't have had EG and Furia, but, um, like, we, we would have had, like, a lot of those cool roster changes. And Blast like, had them all. But that's all it took. And a lot of the stuff that people are interested in when they're watching Flashpoint, and I, I don't think people, uh, like, I don't even think the Flashpoint people would would care that I angle it this way. The Flashpoint teams, they're not the same caliber, Right. Like, but what they are is interesting because they're not the same teams we see every day of the week. Like, yeah, it's exciting to it look is. at. Oh, is this new constellation of players going to work? Oh, this thing's gonna... exactly right. There's yeah. there's a lot of different stuff that that people are actually interested in, and what that tells me is that we've had a lot of Counter Strike, but we've had a lot of Tier One Counter Strike, and maybe that right there is is the conversation that we've been having for the future with everybody releasing their schedules and lightening up the calendar. It's still the same problem. Is like how do we go about making it so teams don't want to play in every event like how do we go like hey uh heroic vitality australis navi like let's just say the top 10. uh sorry guys you can't play this next tournament because we want to see the the teams who are ranked 15th to 30th not the teams who are ranked 15th to first just so we can get a litmus test on how everybody else is faring right and i know there's a bunch of tier two tournaments and stuff but giving them the same spotlight that the tier one teams get every like in between would actually be a way to negate some of this feeling oh wow we're watching nip versus vitality for the 337 i think be curious to
2: see how you to solve that though because obviously the best teams are gonna are gonna pull the most beers and stuff like that it's yeah, the best counter strike that it's available so obviously that's always going to be prioritized
3: this is the val like val this is where valve will never step in but need to like, like yeah. in terms of organization because like we y- I'm sure you know, Chad. Like when you hear about conversations of of tos to have to talk to each other, the amount of shit that goes on behind the scenes when it comes to tos dealing with each other and talking about calendar space and talking about who who scheduled who what event first and who even cares if they did or like all that stuff. These guys do not like working together, even if they might try. Uh, it's not easy, and there's a lot of business that goes into it. So unless there is some kind of overarching governing body that can really like make the decisions it doesn't seem like it's ever going to get any better in that regard. I don't,
0: this is the thing, and I always point to this, and I'm not sure if we'll ever get there, but I always lean to the the thing of choice, right? And it sounds stupid, and it kind of is in a way because the Counter-Strike isn't as big as some of the other disciplines out there in the world, but um, I don't think that, I've said this before on the show, I don't think that we should have TOs worrying about sharing calendar space. I think that we are in a Cold War and we should be in a full-on war. Like, if we were in a full-on war, then... Like once ESL starts getting lit up on the front page of Reddit or once people start, you know, talking shit about Flashpoint, or once people start talking shit about Blast, like when that stuff happens, it's going to force them to be better because they don't have parts of the calendar where they know that they're going to get the eyeballs because of the teams. If we're actually at war, put on the best products, pay the the money for the teams that you want, for the talent that you want, for the, for the broadcast features that you want, and let's fucking go to war. Like I the whole idea of seeing this shit where we're sharing the calendar and like, oh, like, fuck that noise now. Like we're past that. Or oh, we're all part of Counter-Strike. I get that. But at the end of the day, this is a business model uh, that needs to make money and somebody has to win come the end of it. We can't all win. I, I think that that is a very short sighted, naive thing to think. the the, there are obviously if you follow like i i don't closely follow fighting but i know that in terms of the worlds of of mma ufc is the biggest right then you have the other ones you've got one fc you've got bellator you've got all these other ones all around the world who are doing their best to see if they can get better fighters and push their promotions and do all that shit to compete with the ufc right but they're not sharing the calendar they're not sharing shit um and i i think that the concept of, of sharing like
3: obviously people but they're are not arguing. sharing they're not sharing fighters that's true and that's we the are the only thing yeah that's the only hard part i think team like team partnerships and stuff like that um that's the only the only thing and i do i do think because like right now i think like it because esl is just they've been around the longest so they have the most amount of calendar time but like I, it feels like almost everyone's events could fit in for the whole year, except that then you would never have a break. That would be the only, that's the yes. only real issue. Um, I don't really know like what, what metricizes an event failing to the point that they wouldn't want to come back. But, um, I definitely do agree that yeah, going in the other direction makes more sense than trying to take hands on everything because that's not realistic.
0: I, I maybe maybe I'm looking at it because um, like through the wrong lens or whatever. But it, it's 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 such a weird thing in my mind, because like if if it was any if it was anything else, I'm trying to think of a good example right now. I'm kind of blanking on it, but I, I, I don't know where it would be. Oh, yeah. Like, let, let's let share. Like I, I it's. It's if you want to be like the best at anything, let's use Blame F as an example. This is where the conversation about burnout comes in, right? Like people, people, um, question how much players should be playing and shit. Well, Blame F probably wants to play Counter Strike 14 hours a day, every day of the week. That's just his work ethic, right? Well, uh, if if ESL wants to put on a tournament 365 days a year they're more than entitled to put on a tournament 365 days a year. That's up to them. It's their money. It's their thing. It's like it, whether you guys watch, whether the players want to play, well, that's the next thing. And this is where it comes down to choice. If you tune in, they're going to keep putting shows on. If the players keep playing, they're going to keep running tournaments.
3: I have a problem with that. Yeah? Okay. So let's say like it's successful. The product is, is successful all year round, but it's with like different sects of viewership. Like that's the only reason that it could be successful. So you could have a situation where like, some people are not tuning in all year round but because of like the natural ebb and flow of viewership like you could have a successful product all year round but like all that time you're like grinding down your your production staff the players the oh, i don't want to tell like yeah yeah but like <laughs> technically that's the extreme example of what yeah. is kind of happening right now i mean even the to share the talent right so like that's also a thing The the to share the players they're going all year except for that one month on like after the you know in the break and after the at the beginning of the year sometimes so that is kind of what's happening so i think there does have to be some ethical consideration as to like how much work is actually being output and how much time in the calendar is being taken up for a couple of reasons for the longevity of the game actually has to be taken into consideration but there is no governing ethical body. Like that's something that that. I
2: mean, they just can't can't be even with the setup that we have. Like considering yeah. that it is a free circuit and that there's like so many players and the players by players. I mean tournament organizers. Yeah. In the game, like there can't be a valve who steps in. Okay, and says ESL, you can't have this tournament right now because yeah. they there's just they just don't have a they shouldn't have a say in that in that that that, that aspect. They can't say how they how these tournament organizers should do their business like it's essentially literally what chad says like somebody has to win for us to get out of the situation
3: yeah but it's that meme like at what cost you know what i mean well the, yeah.
2: the, <laughs> the cost of some organizers essentially like at this point obviously like if you look at it right now there's essentially three organizers that i think could stay alive for the war which is the, the three main, the four main ones except for DreamHack.
3: yeah i think what valve could do is probably section out the amount of time that is our available play days, and then give that time out. That well,
0: would be the wind—they've they already—they've already carved out but the then, major windows, right? And we yeah. already know when and the, the, player, the breaks, player breaks. Essentially. Are. So we're, yeah. we're already working with a limited schedule. But at this point, it
2: would just—it it would just converge everything even more, though. Like if yeah. you had less time, then people would be even more desperate to do events and stuff like that, and it would be even but, bigger. But let's than-
1: say let's let's just pause here and think what would happen. Let's say it's 2021, and people actually fight and do events over each other. I mean, to a degree, we are doing it now with like Flashpoint and ESL events. But let's say that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. How is that going to impact everything? Like even now, like, okay, Flashpoint maybe doesn't have the same viewership. Maybe at some points they have more for some matches than for like the worst ESL matches, but overall ESL has more viewership. Let's say we have that all year long and let's say Flashpoint and Blast are like are maybe going like on and off zigzagging and ESL is on all the time. How is that going to play out? Like, what is the, what is the solution? What is the resolution of that? Well, are we going to have like,
2: going to side with a certain tournament organizer and that's, that's how it's going to be get decided about, essentially. What
1: about the viewership is viewership going to be like, Was essentially it? you could watch like one match on this thing and then watch another match over here. No, why and why is that a if, problem
2: though? I think this the only thing problem, is,
1: no. I think I, the, I, I'm not saying it's a problem. I think the only problem is that you can't actually sign a team exclusively to not play in other leagues because of what Valve came out and said. Yes. You can only sign to play this thing and not, not to play some other thing, right? That is how, how things work right now. That's a big
3: problem with Valve, right? Rules, but not enough or no, like it's either no rules would be better or yeah. just like a few, but mean, rules. They, want yeah. kind
1: of, they kind of wanted pr- to protect the scene to not be like Held by one tournament organizer, so they did that, but at what cost, right? At so I'm cost? not. I, I, I don't see. Maybe that is a good thing to have next year, but it it leads us into a position where it's hard to get back from it, right? Because if if ESL takes over everything in the in the space, but they can't monetize and fuck up, then everyone is reliant on that. And how how do you recover if ESL just says okay? We're done with this eSports CSGO thing. Fuck it. That, that is the only problem I see.
2: Jesus. I mean, ESL would win if it came to a warrant to be fair.
1: Well, but yeah, it came but to they an win, but, 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 they, but need they are it. winning against Flashpoint, not against economy. They right. need
0: a, they need an end goal. This is what props kind of pointing out here, right? Like if, if we stay in this situation and this is the thing at the end of the day, it's a business. And I don't know what the end goal for the bosses at ESL is. Is it to have Counter-Strike built up to a product where they can get the biggest sponsors in the world to keep it in flux and keep it as their product? Is it eventually I like I'm spitballing some crazy shit? here. I, no I mean, idea. I'm sure
2: their end goal is to be the only organizer in the space. Uh, look uh, at at least for the with, top tier, only
1: only major organizer, of course. Yeah, not yeah, like...
2: yeah, for the top tier, for the top tier, I mean.
0: Well, yeah. I think as well but if you consider it, are they trying to build up a really big product and then sell it to some multi-million-dollar corporation and cash out a counter strike like that? Is that why they you know want to have their own rankings and this and that? Like, there's a lot of different ways that you could look at this, right? But I think at the end of the day.
2: Um, what you if- know I mean everything that ESL has done so far has made it pretty, pretty clear that they want to have the biggest the, like they want to be the organizer that everybody goes to so that they can then control the scene and construct it in a way where they can make it a profitable business. That's essentially what their plan is right because so far they've just there's there's, there's been a lot of uh, using up investment investment money and stuff like that um, and there's no return so that they want to get to a point where there is a return and that the only way they get there is by controlling the space. Which they're trying to do clearly, you know, by controlling as much of the the schedule as possible. Like that's been ramp- ramping up for the past, I don't know how many years. Well, that, that's the thing, right?
0: Because there was obviously the whole PEA situation, which went down uh, with ESL a couple of years ago. And now that's kind of, it, it never manifested, but that was going to be uh, like all the other TOs other than ESL kind of getting together and making a bit of a, a, a union or something. Not really a union. I don't know. But what it, the, the exact definition for it was but they're all going to come together and try and have their own circuit because ESL was covering off so much of it uh, at least that's the way that they were looking at it and then I guess people are saying the same thing now but they've announced for next year the change of and maybe that's where we turn our focus what I, I feel like we I, I didn't set us up for a decent conclusion on what we've seen so far and what <laughs> can be better so let's see if we can talk about going into 2020 how we can do that then back to the 2021? things just, sorry 2021 let's not do twenty twenty again, again ends, everybody's
2: forgotten it. this year yeah. it's fine
0: <laughs> um, so let's let's can let's we just try can and, we
2: actually just get like all the all the governments in 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 the world just to like ignore not ignore the number 2020 and just like start start over next I think next that'd be easier have, than getting never the 20th
0: floor on lifts and shit <laughs> yeah exactly no bad have luck the next about year it. be
2: 2020
0: no 2020 rooms or anything like that oh no okay well let's let's see if we can grab the stuff we've been talking about and we can channel that into looking at next year so the first little subheading. Um, that we have looking into twenty twenty one is tournament changes and format ideas. So let's just no- talk about what we know, and then talk about what we think would be good. So let's assume that COVID, we have to with the original assumption we had, there won't be a vaccine. Eh, the world is still in the same state as it is. Let's say as of right now, which I feel is like a pretty decent kind of way of looking at the next year, anyway. Um, so if we, if we go about it with that, we know that ESL have announced their events and the, their entire calendar Blast did the same, right. Um, those uh, have any, has anybody else done that? Is it just the ESL events and the blast events that have been fully announced for 2021,
2: I think Dreamhack has done something along those lines as well with, uh, but obviously they are not yeah, the, include... the same level, they really same level most of it anyway. I think what we have
0: to do from this point onwards, and, and obviously uh not with what they were putting out broadcast before, but maybe going forward we have to include ESL and DreamHack as almost the same because of that new co-mingling, yeah. oh, whatever the fuck yeah, happened. Sure. I don't know. Um so because I think that they announced a DreamHack Masters event as part of the the schedule for ESL next year as well, right? Um so we know that those those two events, I don't know if Flashpoint have announced anything. I may have missed it. There's a very high probability that I no, have. I don't think okay. so. No. We
2: the epicenters of the world, the summits of the world, um uh, the, done, i think we, we haven't heard from them anything for like fucking forever Starlight is probably another one yeah. yeah
0: so those let's all just assume that they're like once off hit and miss events or maybe they don't even run anything we play i think yeah. it might
3: be doing cs stuff
0: we play at, like just quick credit to a to we play they're do awesome. a fantastic job with the set dressing and everything like that and i think that they're Love actually that. using some creativity and the way that they frame their events is great so big thumbs up for me here and keeping people engaged in that um but so looking at that and knowing what those tournaments look like next year, um, we can talk about the Blast format. Are they going to run theirs in the same way? Are they going to do like this? Yep. This okay. So that they, we know their format, it's three groups of three of uh, four teams. Uh, then the... oh, I don't
3: know if the specifics of of the format. Sorry, I thought you were talking about just their event names and like the schedule for them. But it is going to be like the series, then the showdown, then the final and okay. global finals at the end, yeah.
0: Well, there's probably only some minor adjustments they would need to do to that. I think it's quite a good format. It's condensed. There's good storytelling. It gives it a second chance. It has a finals. There's a narrative throughout the year. So with what Blast are doing so far, I think if they continue that next year, that's probably not like a bad thing at all. We mm-hmm. um, you know with ESL, with their standalone events, I-, I guess we could only look at the online stuff. Uh, like For example, Beijing and New York and Cologne, Cologne went for oh, two ish weeks. Uh, Beijing and Beijing's two ish weeks, and New York was three weeks, but they spread everything out. It was an RMR, so there was a couple more games to put in. Um, so if we're looking at ESL length as to what they've announced for their stuff next year, it's like four days worth of group stage and then two to three days worth of final. And then they obviously have their bigger master events. And then they're back pros-
1: two weeks, right? It's just weekends yeah. on, both, on
0: both weeks. Yeah, and then on top of that, you have the Pro League, which is going to be more extended. So if we look at all the different formats that we have here, I assume that the ESL stuff will be like their GSL bracket that they run with the eight teams, um, like the, the eight teams on either side, and then the four or six progress, whatever format they're rocking with there. Um, and then their their stuff for Pro League is going to be more of the round robin, I would assume, um, into the... Uh, Playoff bracket. However, they do that. So, looking at those tournaments there and Flashpoint, like I said, I don't know if they've announced anything yet. Let's assume they do the same thing. It's quite similar to what Blast did, but with a couple extra quirks. um So, the thing that I think is cool is having different tournament formats. um I, I don't know how you feel about this, Prof, because a lot of people are like, "Oh, this format sucks," but uh, I think that like having a, a tournament like around, yeah. <laughs> Uh, maybe not maybe not that that level but like i mean like a round <laughs> robin for one or a gsl for the other or uh like maybe just straight into a double elimination bracket for a tournament like do we think there's enough variance in tournament formats prop or should I, there be more
1: i i would love to see more or less a return of the IM katowice 2019 uh major format which was the swiss, swiss system which was with the live elo which was it was team seated. I don't like the team seating thing. I hope we maybe we can do it some other way because team seats are sometimes pretty weird, especially if they they decide the elo throughout the whole tournament and that can kind of fuck up some teams. So maybe rather use like ESL rankings if you if it's ESL's tournament or something. And those events started with best of one games and then progressed into best of threes yes. for like the elimination games. Yes, I think that's a pretty good good format overall for sixteen teams. For some reason, we just decided to fully drop Swiss. If you're doing fully best of three Swiss, I think that's too long, but this is a good combination of like best of ones and best of threes. And I really like best of ones. I hate that we abandon them completely. Just do for do Swiss all and reasons. stop reading Reddit.
3: Like it's super simple. Like well, yeah. Swiss is good. Wait, hold, a second. For... hold
0: up. The, 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 we, I'll, I'll throw it to you right now, Launders, but I just want to make this like point because I see a lot of people in the chat as well saying, oh, this format shit or this one shit. This is kind of where I'll throw it to you because Strike uh, Prof suggesting the Swiss format here to have run, you know, maybe not as every event, but as some of the events, having variants in formats, right? If the viewers actually understood the variants in those formats, do you think that's something which is adding to the excitement of a tournament, or or anything to the tournament, or should we just look to run similar formats over all of them? Um, For it's
3: for the sake of keeping it fresh is that well, the idea no
0: so like for example we know that pro league is going to run over four to five weeks so the yeah. most the best format to run when you have that much time is probably around robin everybody plays everybody you get to see how they all stack up if you really want to see how complexity played against vitality you're definitely going to get that because they're in the same group and then you go like a couple weeks later you have a tournament where it's okay yeah we've got the the tournament that prof's talking about for example um and it's all seeded and it, it, you're not it's different it's more cutthroat right that would yep. be one way of looking at it do you think that um having the variance of formats is good or yeah do
3: you, yeah i think it's more fun to watch yeah i think it's definitely more fun to watch i personally i i feel like i have an issue when with like the how okay we talk about the balance of the economy changes but then yeah. we also talk about not wanting to do best of ones and it's like the specific idea behind the economy changes was to make it so that the pistol rounds had less impact, impact on the game yeah. and now we have more buy rounds than we had before so now best of ones are like a more legitimate result but yes. now we don't play best of ones i actually just looked at i looked at this okay in the top five teams we had it of the, all of them i think there was,
1: heroic played the best one in the showdown against apex right there was that
3: was four, the, besides besides big who played mdl because they weren't they're not good enough to be pros There was only in the top five, only four best of one maps played this year. The entire year Uh, and before that was like, Navi didn't even play one in 2019, I think, or something like that. So there's, there's been none, but the funniest part is, is that we've never been more well-equipped to welcome in best of ones again. Like we did Swiss when, before the economy was like a big, had been changed at all. So I think you could have Swiss have legitimate results, the better team would win a lot and it would be a fun format to watch. I remember loving watching Swiss because you'd get a new game every hour, new matchup every single
1: hour. I thought that was really fun to do, like to to watch. Also for Even like that one you did. You'd get like more different teams playing on the same day, which means for TOs, more yeah. unique viewers because yeah. Navi is going to bring all of their guys. MIBR is going to bring all of their guys. So probably not on the same stream because they are in metrics. different regions. But like for the metrics, it's probably good as well. I know for... I, for the opening days of the majors, when you had like double matches Swiss, that was when HLTV was like overloaded with people. That was like peak because everyone was like, oh, what match is going on now? How did this match finish? Swiss has some appeal and best of one has some appeal and people are like, okay, I want to tune in for like an hour and a half and watch whatever my favorite team, I can do that without investing a whole day. Right. I don't know. I I love best of ones. I think it's, it's fucked that we never, I wouldn't, I don't want them for a grand final, but for like opening matches, through some excitement here and there. Why not? Okay. So how do you feel
3: about best of ones, Chad?
0: uh, I I don't hate them. I agree with your sentiment there that it it is now, you know, much more of a a level playing field. And when you're vetoing down to one map, it should be the middle ground for both teams. So nobody should be uncomfortable um in a best of one scenario unless you fuck the veto and you can lose um, two games in the swiss
1: people are also talking about like, the blast best of one format that was of course before the when they had like five best of ones round routes, robin that is just like a bad format overall no best of threes at all uh, top two teams qualify it, it was a bad format so it's not only because of the best of ones that that format wasn't really competitive right uh yeah and I, I think
0: here if we if we take a little bit of a look um uh at, at the, what the impact that would have it's going to be uh, the higher turnover of content that you're talking about but some of the problems that i have with stuff like that is that it, it means that we're not going to be able to dig into the story as much that's probably one thing like uh, but it, it is going to make the matchup itself more exciting because it is cutthroat right um, from a player perspective, they're going to say that best of ones are random because if they, and they'll still say, if you lose both pistols and lose one swing round, you probably still lose the game. That's the same for any match. You know, they're just only looking at it through the lens of a best of
1: one. Um, That's but why I, it's exciting to watch that game of because course, when you're also a, watch a best of three, you see like Surson doing an amazing one V four on nuke. And then that doesn't matter because like seven other clutch moments happen in that best of three that maybe are more important than that round here. I mean, you have a clear storyline of the match, like who won it and why.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I also think they're wrong. Like, I don't think there, I think there can be just as much variance in a best of three, maybe less so just because simply it's one map, but you like the margins that best of threes are won sometimes, like it's not how close some of these games are. Yeah. And the fact, the fact of the matter is there are more, if there are swing rounds, there are more swing rounds now. So you can swing it back. And I just, there's, I looked at, um, I just did like comparison of like how many buy rounds there were in the last few matches that I watched. There were almost 20 buy rounds out of 30. So if you can't win with, you know, almost 20 buy rounds out of 30, um, in a game, uh, in a match where pistol rounds don't matter as much on a map that you're comfortable on, then go practice.
0: So, Stryker, with, with this here, obviously, lots of best-of-one talk, and you've heard me say many a times, like, the best-of-three into the best-of-five is the grand final of the belt progression and stuff. Do you think we should be integrated? Like, obviously, we're never going to have a tournament that's just best-of-ones, but do you think we should, in these longer events, have more stepping stones like that? You get past the best-of-one phase, you get to the best-of-three phase. I
2: definitely think that at least, like, the long tournaments should, should have it, especially just because they have, like, a shitload amount of matches, like, where there's so much there's so much impact that you can have like in these uh, across the the month that you play that you might as well just play best of ones why do you have to play best of threes where everybody plays plays everybody like that's so much to play but even even in the in the shorter ones i wouldn't mind to to have a bit more variance with best of ones just to make it more cutthroat might make it more um more quick pace you know where where you don't you know have to watch like 30 hours of uh, of counter strike so you get to a grand, grand final or to get to playoffs so i feel like that's there's a space for that. I'm not saying that that has to be, there has to be a perfect format Yeah. Um, with uh, featuring best of ones. I mean, we can, like, we were talking about this earlier. I think the perfect mer- format should be at the majors and the rest is kind of like free free what whatever organizers uh, prefer whatever they think is the most in- entertaining. Uh, I feel like the majors should be really about like who really, really is the best team. There should be a lot of maps played there and stuff like that, but the rest of it, I feel like, Considering how many tournaments we have, not everything has to be like mega perfect and uh, and and so many maps that uh, for everybody to use like a round robin best of three. Like we have some
1: some players must also be on the on board for best of ones. Like like even if if I am gonna lose, just like let's get over with it, so I can have like free time or whatever. Let me have some like short. He doesn't even play, and he's down for best of ones. There. (laughs)
2: That, that, so you doesn't that, have to watch as much you know
0: <laughs> you, you've just made you've just made the the most important point of all of this because we can sit here and the viewers can sit at home and, and and they can be like thinking it's too much CS or we could think it'd be better for the excitement curve or we can justify all the reasons we want but the only way that changes like this will happen because of how cucked all the tos are to the players how do we convince the players that this is better for them
3: especially in the online era does, does anyone have any solutions I don't understand why that actually needs to happen. Like, well, they, you uh, like know what they're going to go but I random. mean, this is, this is comes down to contracts, right? So if a player wants to sign up with you, they come to the hotel and ESL is the first to put PCs in their rooms. Like awesome. Like you go, you get your own room or whatever it is. I don't know if I've moved that far yet. But you get your PC in your room when you you have a talent manager who's done this a million times. You get the food you want, they know everything about you now. You get a welcome package, you show up at the event, it's the right temperature in the freaking stadium, and you can play your on your PC and like feel comfortable from beginning to end. You love that. You go to another event, you don't get that same treatment. You don't go to that event. You might mention that to your uh to your org, and then you, you deal with your org, but that's as far as that should go. The player to the org. The org makes the deal with the to and the org has an interest in making sure the players are happy so they should not make any bad decisions on their behalf otherwise they might start losing games because they're not motivated and like want to leave whatever so this should be between the, the orgs and the and the tos and there are par- partnered contract. There's contracts for like you know being able to do the mic depth segments or like there's different there's fucking content obligations because that's how you make fans of your players. Like there are certain things the players don't want to do that they have to do. That's in the contracts that all TOS make them do already. So why can't they be one more thing?
0: I guess it just has to adjust to to the, the contracts, right? And how how uh, cutthroat they
1: are about I doing exactly even that. if they are contracted. It's just about the qu- crying on Twitter that TOS don't want to really. Don't want to feel on their own skin right if uh, a team goes out into best of ones and it's just like ah this shit format uh if it was best of threes this wouldn't happen blah blah whatever yeah then it's gonna be like ah the, the viewers will see that and they'll maybe think that this tournament isn't worth as much as some that's other that's why we tournament.
3: counter them with this content with this content we counter yeah. them okay it, we yes. counter them hard if we cut them off of the pass we tell people the truth well, fighting
1: tackle right in the knees. This, the this the is the thing, American right?
3: It,
0: it, it's it's a difficult one to always balance. And I think here we're, we're probably going to get a little bit stifled. But I think we can all agree in 2021, some key changes we'd like to not to see is back-to-back events, especially from the same TO. Uh, more content around the events, right? Like more content to build the hype or shoulder content for entertainment, like, like in between the games and that kind of stuff. Formats a little bit more variants, but also better explained. TOS need to do a better job of explaining the formats and what to expect coming into a tournament for and the also viewers. Please, at
1: home. for fuck's sake, if you're having a round robin or some format where there can be tiebreakers or sh- some shit, number one, don't say anything you're not sure of on the broadcast. That is so fucking annoying. I mean, it happens too often that someone on the broadcast or even like on the ticker or on some graphic has the wrong information. That cannot be that is so fucked up it like, just
2: needs to be there just needs to be somebody who just makes sure the people know what the situation yeah, is because the, like the so many thing, times yeah. i've had to go through it myself all the time like literally after a match ends they still don't know what the, what it is and they're waiting for it it's helped it's been better like lately because we've had a lot more ron robbins and i think tos kind of understand that you need to know the stakes a little bit more ahead of time uh at least during the match that you're playing that like what what's actually on the line here Um, so it's gotten better lately, but it's, yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. I mean, you have those matches which are Like last matches are like three at the time. So it's like world cup and and football in, in football in world cup, you know, like this is the current standing, like these are the results if it stays like this, or if like this team that is now leading continues and wins the game, this is how the group is going to end. Like that is something we never have on CS broadcasts, which is kind of ridiculous. Like that is something we need to have for viewers to understand what these games mean and like yeah. round robin is something that I don't like for these reasons but at least do the basics and don't don't say yeah this this team is through this this match matters or doesn't matter when the the truth is completely different that is something that needs to be like under control what we started
0: to do on the esl broadcast i don't know if you guys caught it is bringing like somebody from league ops yeah, math, uh, math, yeah yeah so and then also in the seasons or the some of the round robin stuff we did a little while back that was in the first in of the year i would make sure i was looped into the emails of what was going on with the league Ops because i don't have time to fucking look into the demos as well as looking into all the rules i could do my best to cover up all the rules and shit, but um i was getting them to email me the outcomes and then I was using my Telestrator to highlight like if this team beats this team then this outcome happens but if this team loses to this team then this outcome happens right I tried to build a grid on the Telestrator it's like fucking using whatever graphics and lines and everything I had at my disposal Um, but that's the thing right it needs to kind of go into that final day with even a pre-produced piece of content that has been correctly scripted and it can be VO'd by one of us if you want it to feel like it's a little bit you know more direct for the viewers so it's not a jarring new voice or whatever maybe they uh, tune into that then making sure that those things are clearly communicated because a lot of the time people don't understand like formats like when we get to a best of five grand final with a one map advantage and only on that day or the day before i start reading dumb cunts complaining about it because they haven't quite understood how we've gotten here we've just done a round robin group stage into a double elimination best of three bracket we've just played more games of counter-strike in one tournament than you probably played in your whole fucking life like it's just like there's a reason that this is happening right and i get that you don't like it but that's the format of this tournament and that's why it fucking works that way so stop being a dumb cunt and understand it and now when we have a single elimination format like we do with beijing into a best of five final then you guys don't have to worry about that shit but there's a reason that formats are a certain way and you can sit here and go well fuck up learn how formats work anyway um doesn't have much to do with with game
1: changing, yeah, but whatever. Go, let's go. Um, yeah. We're we gonna okay. talk about maps, though. Yeah, yeah we, we are. Maps.
0: maps. is a good one here. Um, this one is a, is a very very good point. We'll get this one in and then we'll close it down because we're running over. But uh, maps. Now, if you're not from, if you're not old, which probably some of you aren't, uh, back in the day we used to have more than. Well, we didn't really have more than seven, but we had more variants in maps. We had the Tuskins. We had CPL Fire, CPL Strike, CPL Mill. We had fucking Contra. We had Ruska. We had uh, f- that's Source, right? Yeah, I could, I could. There, we had. No, I don't think with-
2: Contra was ever played in one point six. I'm not sure. Tem- maybe I'm wrong. Temple, I think Temple was one of them.
0: Anyway, uh, different.
2: Awesome map. Awesome. Yeah, if you go further, I was back- played really, really early on. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, the the point here is the map pool was wasn't stimulated by Valve. It was stimulated by the TOs because Valve weren't plugged into it in that way. Whatever maps that we thought as a TO, like, because I used to help run events back in Australia that we wanted to use within the leagues, we would use Season is another example that I've forgotten here. Um So with all of that kind of stuff there, it was a Forge. Someone said Forge in the chat. It's a good one. It's a cobble kind of That's uh, adjustment. cobble,
2: basically, cobble. yeah. Yeah.
0: So with all of those in, in mind, um, it was giving the viewers something more to watch. And at the moment, we are watching the same seven maps almost year round, right? Um, do we think that TO should now experiment with it be considering the fact that the major is indefinitely postponed? And I'll start with you here, Lawrence. Do you think we should add in a couple more maps? And, and once again, if you think yes, how do we go about convincing the players? I'm
3: going to get mad again. Okay, here we go. Why, why the fuck did Valve take the ugliest map available that they made, Vertigo, and turn that into a competitively viable map? to show themselves that they could do it again because they did that (laughs) same shit with overpass it's a completely different map from when it started that came out of nowhere a map maker can spend one tenth of the time making a fucking skin and make a fortune more than they will for the odds of them to get a map into the active map uh, active duty map pool and yet they still continue to pump out beautiful maps over and over again and then valve put vertigo in the active duty pool now the map vertigo is good and worth playing and we can talk about it but it doesn't get there without professional players playing on on the map versus each other for the most amount of money possible that is the only way playtesting is 50 percent of the effort but what does that prove that you could take any fucking map and do that so why don't you take a map from a mapper who's been doing this their entire life for fucking free Give them some money. If you don't want to work with them, give them more money and buy it and then work on it at Valve and don't tell them anything. Don't ask them. Don't ask Brute. Don't ask whoever it is. Just buy it from them because they will sell it to you and then work on it yourselves and then make another map. Why are you just going to take a map that's ugly and couldn't play well and then turn it into something that works? Why? I hate that shit. Valve, you could actually just, you have so many resources right in front of you. No other games even have this, where there are actually community maps that are more beautiful than the official maps being played. And we know at this point that any brand new map needs to be play tested by professionals. That is it. That's the only way to make it better. You need everybody to get on it, and the only way to do that is to put it in the pool. So I know it yeah. doesn't answer your question at all, but that's <laughs> so.
0: no, I think it does because you're quite a, look, passionate about having new maps. I've so
1: like in the mapping community quite 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 deep Launders. So yeah, th- this is a reasonable reply for sure.
2: I can, I can cater more to the question, actual question that was asked, which, I mean, <laughs> <I'm a royalized laughs> <up now. laughs> I mean I think it would be a problem if different organizers brought in different maps, I think there has yes. to be a way where, where valve are the ones who kind of like make that decision, distinct decision, where they just bring them, bring in those maps and everybody else follows, because then we get to a point otherwise we get to a point where we were at like 2013 where uh ESCA when they did their invites invite um, division and stuff like that had season in the map pool and had yes. cash in the map pool I think and then yeah. another organizer in Europe or it was played in North America but it wasn't played in Europe or something like that shit shit like that was happening at the time with like when in 2013 we didn't really have an active duty map pool because there were no majors there was no valve involvement essentially uh, until until late 2013 with this so there just has to be one, and it has to be evolved. Nobody else has that kind of power who just comes in and says, okay, this is the map pool. So I definitely don't want organizers just to start, um, start experimenting because then we're never going to get to a point where, uh, where everybody, every team is playing it. And we get to a point where the map is actually good. Theoretically it can be done.
1: Like ESL can come tomorrow and say like, fuck, uh, Inferno we're introducing cash. Right. But in practice, what would that actually do? Let's say. Let's say not Inferno because everyone plays Inferno. Let's say they remove Train, which they probably should remove at the moment, according to me, the expert on CS and Max. Let's say they remove Train, and then you have, that's kind of a specialty map, right? How, which teams are going to be suffering from that, which are not going to suffer from that. Like When Valve comes in, it's kind of like a, blind guess, like you know they don't really care about which team they're fucking up and removing liquid like australis's perma band twice and fucking up liquid you know they don't they probably don't even know which, which which these maps are so that's fine but when esl comes in and does that wh- mm-hmm. like that is unfair to certain teams and the yeah. other thing is no one's just going to play it because yeah. if it's not going to be played in all tournaments maybe the small teams will try to adapt to it like what happened with Vertigo at the beginning? It was like some like a handful of like underdog teams that started playing it right at the beginning. And most of them aren't even good at them now, probably. I don't know. Uh and it just wouldn't get played. So it has to be like a full-on implementation on all tournaments. And the problem is without RMR events, this could be done without Valve. Like if we didn't have RMR events, but yep. since we have RMR events, then I don't see it happening without them. Unfortunately, I don't think there is any reasonable way of doing it. So I don't beho-
0: it like. But if we're beholden to Valve again, Launders, yeah. what like so then the the concept of this is like well, we just keep going with 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 what we have and we have to fix this problem of of feeling overplayed another yeah, way. Yeah,
3: I know what you mean like we can't like sit back and wait for Valve to do things, but I think this is one situation where it's hilariously easy to actually fix if you're Valve cost them almost nothing is really not that difficult at all like logistically so i just like you actually just have to virtually put a line in the code that says like this map is now an active duty map pool and it changes the entire planet so it's like just do that just like again if you don't want to do it yourself pay someone who cares like i don't know but they need to because i i do think that there's too many problems when if other tos start swapping other map pools personally um, and, and we it's don't just get to the imagine... point where the yeah, maps sorry. get balanced enough. Like if you don't have everybody playing on it, like everybody all the time, then the map will maybe not be competitively viable within a reasonable amount of time. And then if that map doesn't stay in, then you have to replace that one. And then it stays like this ugly situation, um, for a long period of time. But I think if you want all the tier one teams on it. It's gotta have, it's gotta be valved down for the maps for me personally.
2: Yeah. Just imagine if, if like for how long teams kind of decided to permit vertigo or even nuke when it got in when it was changed like so few teams actually played nuke when it came out at the time which was something like three years ago now i don't remember exactly but when that happened nobody really played nuke for like fucking six months after that and that was when valve came in so imagine if it was like individual tournament organizers who did this and tried to to make this an actual thing it would take a year until people would actually start to play it so it just doesn't make sense
0: Yeah. Okay. So I I think what this does is it sets us up just for one little quick point, and we'll just do a bit of a whip around the room, I guess, is to do with Valve's involvement and in-game updates. Because looking at 2021, um, we've obviously spoken a lot about the plights of things in online Counter-Strike up to this point. But if we look forward, if we look at next year and we still consider... Now, uh, this is a rough one, because I think that Valve are working on a big update right now. Um, But and we can all be like, yeah, once every six months would be cool, but what is there anything that Valve can do in the online era that we think can help with some of the problems that we've highlighted here today? And we'll go with you here, Striker. Actually, What Valve can do. Yeah, I, I, I probably just threw you under the bus there. You probably need a, a moment to think about um, this.
2: No, I mean, the map pool, I mean, I can definitely go back to the map pool, which would okay. be like a fucking the easiest way to freshen up the scene, like immediately, like from, day, from, from one day to another, or like, let's say from one month to another, where teams have a month let's say there's like a break of two, two weeks, two weeks break of tournaments, and then like one, one map that gets brought in or something, then like three months from there, another map that gets brought in. And that way we just get two new maps across a span of like three months or whatever. I think that'd be really cool. Um, just because like Lundr said, it's like the fucking easiest thing that they can do at this point And then don't really have, even have to put too much thought into it apart from which map they want to bring into it and which map they want to take out. Um, so that, that'd definitely be one thing.
0: Okay. Prof, you got any any quick thoughts on what Valve could do to help with some of this uh, fatigue we're feeling with online
1: Counter-Strike? I mean, just like bringing new stuff and excitement in any way. Like anything new will bring some sort of excitement, right? So if we had, let's say if we had a new gun in the game, I think that would bring a lot of excitement. I don't think that's the right way maybe to go, considering sure. the R8, the infamous R8, the last gun that <laughs> they introduced. But maybe some changes, some like changes like what they did to—they didn't actually do anything to the Creed. They just dropped the price. But maybe so, some of these changes to some like kind of niche weapons, semi-niche weapons could be uh, something. Maybe they do something to the auto sniper or whatever. Maybe they lower the price of the auto sniper to like four 4K, four k, four point five k. How does that influence the game? Maybe it's maybe it's a dumb thing. Maybe that is I... not really skilled. So. Uh...
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. I just had one thought regarding like what update that would bring you, like an interesting aspect to the game. It would be like a deafening grenade, you know, for like rushes and shit. Jesus, where you just put like you just throw like three grenades and it just deafens the entire site, and you just rush into it, and they have no idea what's happening. Oh no, you sound like a Valve dev right now. <laughs> you <go>. <laughs> don't you, you don't you think that it would create like some insane strats where like you could actually rush sites and then don't get molotoved immediately? You know. I'll meet you in the
0: middle. Just make the decoy grenade louder uh, oh and God, harder is, to hear the footsteps. Or just
1: range. also like a small thing that I think this wouldn't raise the interest that much, but it would be changed like like how the game is played would to, to change the way the sound from the pins works. Like I think it's too easy to turn away from flashes, at least for pros, not for me, because I'm like, I don't have hands. So I see the flash, <laughs> I'm turning away, I'm still blind. Fun. Yeah. Like these guys are like, you They're see, so good at there's it, an yeah. execute after uh, behind a smoke, one like, and he's just like watching into the wall, no one's flashed. three, three guys go through a smoke, he kills everyone, it's like, okay. Yeah. It's not even like the right-hand click, it's like the left-hand click can be heard from so far away. I also think about the, the, the silent jump being heard is, I don't, it's just weird, like it, it's not intuitive. I would like that I yeah, don't know it. that
2: you're being heard yeah
1: yeah so I I fix that but that's not like big changes that would be really impactful on the on the interest of the game
2: okay
3: source two, no, source two? I, I, I heard that I heard that uh this, this is the magic word right put yeah the title that's it to the moon all the clicks um, I did hear that I from a, like I feel like a pretty good source that source 2 they've had a workable version for a long time and the only issue is that it would break the current maps. Like every single community made map, including like KZ maps, surf maps, like any map that they use would have to be remade in the original hammer and then made imported over to source two again. So they don't have a solution for that at the moment. And so okay. that's the reason that we haven't had source two. That's what I heard. So I don't know if there's like a timeline for when, but I've heard that they don't have a solution for it and they just don't want to just destroy everyone's Cool. maps which is actually very considerate of valve to be honest because there are a lot of fucking community maps out there that like well not, would not get ported like in a reasonable amount of time so um i guess that we're you know pending a solution on that front but of course that would be an awesome way to like bring people back into things just with what you could do with maps but i think the big deal with um with that is that there's cool stuff you can do in source 2 once it's in the game It'll be like cool. It'll be cool to have it, but it's because of the tools that will come with it that can make like really cool maps and stuff like that after the fact. So it would take some time once it hit uh, for that to have a real impact. Uh, but one twenty eight tick, can put that in the title too. Really, actually, I um, I for a ne- I have for a long time never said that one hundred twenty eight tick is the way forward. I think I actually, as a movement guy, I really like sixty four tick has two different versions of the game really like doors open faster on 64 tick clipping is a little bit different b-hopping is a little bit different that it's just a different game to me i do not yeah grenades uh they fly different like i to me it's just like a different game a different physics box or whatever but i i kind of appreciate that and i don't think that you lose because of 64 tick i really just don't believe it like i i think you lose because you're bad and in general like you could you could probably perform just as well on matchmaking as you could on 128 tick that's just my view i just don't see it as that being that bad maybe spraying a little bit and I, from all the research I've done actually. So the best video I watched on it, the most like technical analysis that, that I saw was that it only gets really bad when it, when there's a bigger ping discrepancy. So if you have higher ping then 64 tick is much worse for you than having than being on 128 tick. Um, but all that being said, 128 tick would solve a few things. Let's say it was free in the game. You wouldn't you're, first of all, you could use valve death match, which is hilarious because valve death match is a joke. That's um, true. You could you could do scrims in the in the in the client just like uh, on a on a server that they provide or whatever. Like log in, play a ten man in the game, no client needed, no hub needed, no ESA client needed, nothing. Just get in the game with ten people, start it, even with observers and stuff like that. That would be amazing for a more fluid experience for just playing with your friends. Um, and then, yeah, of course, matchmaking as well. More people would play it, whether or not it made an actual difference to their spray it would make you feel better about the game if if the whole thing was 128 tick um i don't know how much it costs i i don't know like they're saying it's because people's computers are bad i that was don't also it. like
1: 5 years ago so yeah i feel yeah.
3: like i feel like they still hold it like if that's the reason then why hasn't it changed right
0: that well, that's that's my thought on it as well. And I think now that there's finally some competition in the space, that would be one reason I'd be looking to whatever this update is that happens. Maybe yeah. we do see 128 tick coming out because now Valve are actually under directly under pressure, right? And right. if you guys remember, well, you probably don't remember because you're probably all Counter Strike players, but. Dota and League of Legends were always against each other, right? Even in the earlier, like, obviously not Dota 1. We're talking Dota 2 since Valve took it over. And Valve invested so much into that baby. Now, we know that Gabe likes that more than he likes Counter-Strike. That's fine. You're allowed to have your preferences. But the fact that there is a direct competitor and something driving them in that sense, they have to go and they have to make some changes, right? It's unfortunate for them that it's happened during COVID, so they can't be in the office to probably be in the war bunker and and, and actually, you know, do the updates they'd want to do. But... Um, I think one, is just a server upgrade, right? If that's, if that's, you know, the infrastructure and shit, you'd think that that's definitely possible or you'd hope that it's possible. Um, but yeah, uh, I, look, let's, let's pack this one down. Um, I, I think here we've, we've gone over by 46 minutes. So sorry to everybody. So for keeping everybody for so long. Um,
3: overworked broadcast talent, we're all used to it.
0: I, I try not to have an off day. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't know how to live my life otherwise. I c- yeah. I complain about working a lot, but I wouldn't know what to do. So, yeah, uh, it. all in all, we've gone off on a lot of different tangents here today. Um, so thank you for Launders for joining us, Launders. I'm going to give you the floor right now. I do this with all the guests. If there's anything you want to say on any topic about anything? Do it right now.
3: Um, yeah. No, I didn't. I mean, I don't know. Like, I I just thought, I was looking at my YouTube stats, and I was like, everybody in my YouTube channel has gone from like, uh, like. In like, they've, everyone's grown like up like five years. And like most of my audience is over 25 now, which is like fucking incredible. And I just thought that that was such an interesting thing. And I really like that in Counter-Strike, we've managed to have a strong core audience that has lasted for so long that we can all appreciate the game. And some of us who are taking a more conservative approach, we don't want too much stuff to change all the time, but we're still very happy about what we got. And I just think it's a very nice thing that we get to argue and discuss some of the more nuanced changes that we're looking for. And I just feel very grateful for Counter-Strike uh, to both be in my life as a game that doesn't change too much from the game we know uh, from years ago. It's only gotten slightly better over time. And and, ha- and to still see a lot of the familiar faces that we have in the scene growing up with us together as well. So I just want to say I'm, I'm, really ha- I'm really happy with Counter Strike, and I'm really like happy about it, being part of it.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way the to The most it. wholesome fucking message that I've, we've had all, in all about HLTV confirmed, I think.
3: Well, yeah.
0: th- this is the thing, this is the thing, right? And oh, what the fuck? Lucas? <laughs> fucking hearing background noises, mate. you in this nice moment. We're coming together as a family here. All right, I want you the be your best behavior. We're almost done. It's, it's one uh, of you guys who could hear that. Well, it's so fucking, the I'm off god damn it now the, 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 the moment's ruined okay uh th- thank you very much for lorna's being on the show uh Strike, you got anything you want to say not really prop you want to summarize how how bad i failed to drive the ship on this one well
1: mm, we expected as much as to be yeah to be i was fair. expected but still like we i don't think we covered like 30 percent of what we what intended we set out to, to, to cover
0: do. yeah this one here was a bit of a train wreck guys but i hope that you enjoyed it regardless We we talked about some shit, we had our moments, we had a couple of rants.
1: We also have a normal episode tomorrow, so we make up on
0: it. Tomorrow, uh, same time, 3 p.m. or 1500 CET. We have Art on the show from Furia. Very, very lucky to get him on. Uh, We'll be doing a regular episode with the hot seat, uh, with the Ghiblis, the Wibblies, the recent news, all that kind of shit's going to be going down here, so make sure you tune in. Maybe it'll be an extended uh, hot seat like we did with Katie in just the other day, because we probably have a lot to talk to Art about. Uh, Once again, thank you to Launders, we won't be running a rerun of this one, I believe. No uh, no, for no rerun one. for this one, but this is the VOD to be up. It'll be ready and raring to go. Anchor.fm slash HLTV. And tomorrow, twitch.tv slash at 3 p.m. To tune in for that. Thank you for listening. Have a good day and goodbye.